If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Blubbity blah. The blubbity blah. Sending out good vibes. Blubbity blah. Good vibes. Blubbity blah. Good vibes. Good vibes. Good vibes. Underneath breaths of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance and protection. And put on a didgeridoo and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that. Think about that. It, it's also really interesting because you have to move it with all that extra material up to a yeah. foot of material so, on all sides. So that's it's like they didn't have a problem with that. That's tons and tons and tons, like literal tons of granite. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grammaric Show. Uh, we've been out of town traveling down in Montana with Randall Carlson and crew. So, and the Snake Bros, who, funny enough, this episode's going to feature. We did this episode on Rockfin a little while back, and uh, we were we didn't have an app for this week, so we're going to drop this audio here for you. It's a long one. With the Brothers of the Serpent, Russ and Kyle, chatting about all this crazy shit in Egypt. It is honestly mind-blowing. And if you want to watch it, we're going to throw the video on our YouTube as well, which is uh, it's a two-and-a-half-hour long. It is fucking phenomenal we just did have a blast uh watching those guys jam and hanging out graham spent the whole graham i guess would have spent the whole six or seven days there with them i was only in and out but we had a great time hanging out with russ and kyle just a few days ago i seen them not yesterday the day before yeah yeah i said bye to them yesterday yeah this is a, a brilliant presentation like you said he they actually did it for us in montana too but it's called unfinished because it's about megalithic structures all over the world that seem to be left at their highest uh, at their largest sort of stage or phase left unfinished all over and i've been thinking man you know what would it be like for an ancient civilization that didn't have these this knowledge passed down through cataclysms or through whatever, and they found some of this megalithic stuff. No wonder why there's a mystique about uh, stonemasons and stone workers, you know? I mean, there's, what would they think? What would you think if you were a civilization, you look at who the fuck built this giants or some magic or whatever, you know, I mean, it would be incredible. So no wonder why there's a mystique about that. I mean, this could be why, I have a sort of a pet theory about it that this is, you know, why there's this mysterious stuff around the, the Masons and the Masonry. You know, it's because look at what they did thousands and thousands of years. We don't even know when it was. A long time ago. Lots of examples in here. Like their presentation is mind blowing. It is totally mind blowing. Probably one of the most mind blowing presentations I have seen on Egypt in a while. And of course, the last episode we did feature Cow's new. Uh, band first song track off of that this week at the end of this episode we'll feature the next track of that and over the next 10 weeks we'll 10 episodes we'll see how long it takes to get through those 10 episodes we'll release the whole album which the worldwide release for is tomorrow yeah so grab that shit it's a value for value album we encourage you to uh become a patreon or make a donation or whatever you can do. Just buy the album for the 12 bucks. I know that's how much they're hoping to get for it. I think you'll be able to pay whatever you want or even nothing. And they're also releasing a bunch of tracks so you can, you know, remix it and do whatever you want with it. And, uh, use, they're making some instrumental versions in case you want to use it as background music for this or that. So 
Check out all that stuff. These guys are absolute magicians, real renaissance men over there. Some true renaissance men making wine, yeah. doing work, you know, driving van, doing awesome presentations. Yeah. I mean, we got to get them some pipes. Some- so, yeah. So this, so this, to see it on video, because don't, we don't know how it'll show up on audio, but just keep in mind, it is on Rockfin. If you're already subscribed to Rockfin, you can see it. And it is also going to be on YouTube. So check out the video version because there's lots of mind blowing slides in there and support the show. I mean, we're hoping you guys are still liking the podcast over here. Gramerica.ca slash support. If you can, when you can, I know our Patreon is down and we know it's troubled times down there. We get it. Hopefully it's not the content. If it's a content, let us know if we need to switch something up. We're doing something yeah, wrong. Fee- yeah. Send me feedback. Graham at Gramerica.com. pissing you off or if I'm pissing yeah. you off, let us know that. If we're not, and you are getting some value from our 550-some episodes over here, maybe you could head over to gramerica.ca slash support today, make a one-time donation or sign up for a monthly or do whatever you can to help us sort of bridge this this unease in the world and get through this without Graham having to go back to work. I mean, that would be a real tragedy if I had to pull Graham out of retirement. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not in, I mean, geez, I would just work now. I just work all day. Now my life is my work, but, but you know, I don't, I just don't want that day job again. I really don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to see you do that. I just want to read books and do the podcasts and stuff, but we need your support for that. America.ca slash support. Contact at thecabin.com if you want to get in on next year's Montana tour or if you want to come hang out with Randall this year again. We are hanging out again at the last half of September with a couple of Scablands trips. Yeah, those would be great. Yeah, a bunch of great trips over at contactatthecabin.com. They continue to just be awesome group after awesome group after awesome group. I mean, we had the, was it Matt Lohmeyer showed up at this one? The guy who wrote that book that got him kicked out of the Space Force? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, celebrity guests sometimes, you guys. I mean. Well, and the people are fantastic. I mean, I don't even want to mention names because I'm going to forget, like, the majority to say anything but it's like just everybody one after another fantastic people awesome conversations you can talk to them about anything open-minded about it's amazing that the the crowd that randall draws as well fits in with our podcast and the brothers of the serpent as well like even though they've just heard randall they're open to all this it's like once you kind of have that opening into like uh against sort of the mainstream narrative it just opens up uh, into all kinds of mysteries and and curiosities Absolutely. Contact so at thecabin.com. Join the adventure. How was your travel? Speaking of adventure, how was your travel down across the board? I want to well, give my a ankle hurt. That was my oh real my problem. God, what? Were you dr- what do you mean? What? Well, because was I'm stuck right in foot? your shitty little car. Yours, your Not right your shitty foot? little car. You your great on... little car was just for miniature people. Why don't you put it on? Uh, what do you call it? Cruise? Great Did for you do 12 that? year olds or something. It was not that flat. But the problem is it like really wanted to be elevated. Oh my god! And not just like so. It was just like it was really just throbbing the whole time. Did you get it? Is it sprained? I thought about stopping. Some people saying it might be broken. Like I don't think it's broken. I thought it might. People that for a minute, I thought it might. People that saw you bail thought it might be broken. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it might have been broken for a, a minute there too. But uh, it's too much better already to be broken. I heard. I, heard I feel like if it was broken, it would them. be it would be worse. If it was apparently broken. you bounced up and you're like, I gotta walk this off right away. I gotta walk this off. I gotta walk this off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta walk it off. I'm still walking up. But that next day, I could barely walk, and I was like, well, I was like, some ice would be great or some ibuprofen, but I'm not hobbling my ass into a fucking mm-hmm. drugstore to do this. So I'm just not doing it. So I just drove home. And got 
Instacart to bring me some crutches. Oh my God, what? <laughs> and some ibuprofen. But uh, after getting it elevated and iced for a day, you know, I, I feel fine. Not fine. I'm still, you can still tell I'm favoring it. I'm limping a little, but uh, I think when I get a good boot on, I'll be fine. That's good. I well, feel, maybe it's just it a spray in that. I've, I've been shooting a, a ton of weeks, arrows. You'll be fine. What? I've been shooting some arrows. Uh, oh, good. Hasn't yeah. affected that. The the arrow the arrow range is just outside the studio door. Oh wow! It's a seven yard. You're doing that inside. It's fine if you don't miss the target. <laughs> <laughs> if you miss the target, it's going to put a hole in the wall. But behind the drywall is the concrete, so I'm assuming the arrow will just kind of explode. I, know, I can't believe my mom and dad let me what. rip apart a fence when I was a kid. I mean, they, they, they I got to really that. give my mom and dad props for, I had these huge, my uncle gave me this bow and my mom's like, oh boy. It's definitely like going to explode. 50 pound bow as a kid and they had that, those hunting arrows and I just ripped the fence up. But if you miss the target, I mean, you'd have to be pretty bad. I mean, I'm only shooting at seven and a half yards. Yeah, but dude, stuff happens. You slip, what happens? You, you know. What happens? You just, the target you... is three feet by three feet, bro. Yeah. If you miss it, you have no business shooting bow. I'll come over with mine then, I guess. Yeah, we should. Well, I should if, do that. I, if yeah. we're going to shoot together, we should probably do it in your garage now that you're talking about maybe missing stuff. We could just get a couple sheets of plywood and put it behind it. No, I'll be fine. <laughs> Let's go to my buddy. My buddy's got some property out here with the target. Like, we'll go, we'll go shoot at his place. Sure. I figure I can Anyways, shoot you already. What was your, jeez, oh, what was your uh, drive like across the border and back? Let's oh, just, I got to give people an I spent more time crosses. waiting behind the two cars in front of me than I did get through. It was the same lady as last time. I'm sure she recognized me because she seemed like she was bracing for it. And I was like, do you want my arrive can number? And she's like, oh, that would be great. So I gave her the number and she was like, all right, have a nice day. Oh, and she was like, do you have any alcohol? I said, yes, I have five bottles of wine and I hurt my foot real bad. She was like, all right, how much is the wine worth? And I said, it was a gift. So I don't know, $20 a bottle. She said, all right, have a good day. So I peeled out of there at like 120 miles an hour. I mean, that is the beauty of your car. It goes incredibly fast. Yeah. So was it a, was it a lady with some ta- a young yep. lady with tattoos? No, on no it was the same old lady oh that was God. trying to calm me down during the walk through the last oh, time. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Remember the I one got... that was like, we already lost enough people over this and blah, we need, some of us need the job. And so it was her. And I think she recognized me too, because she seemed like she was bracing for a headache. And I was just like, here's my rive can. And she was like, oh, great. Well, mine was the exact opposite. <laughs> so I can't wait to tell my story. All right, let's hear it. But on the way down, I mean, the American guy asked me, you know. They what searched me on the way down. Oh, yes. Yeah. So tell, tell me about that before I get into mine. As soon as I said I was going to Polson to meet up with people from Texas, they, Why? they searched oh, my me. God. And they just, did they search you personally? Or no, just the they trunk? searched. Or like, how, how I bad did they had get my, my vape. car? I you had my, my car vape, too. Cause I was like, they're not going to search me. And then they searched me. I just dropped it between the seat and the center console. And they so you had your, you gave them your Indian card. Is that what they're, and they still searched you? Even yeah. I was going to say, I was wow. going to say, think, this is a racist. You, I, if I didn't have drugs on me, I probably would have said this <laughs> <laughs> because I'm an Indian. <laughs> but instead I was just like, ah, sure. Whatever, man. So you didn't bring your, uh, your, your, uh, your machete, what's that knife called? 
It's not or that axe. Sorry, I can't. I'm tomahawk. Tomahawk. You didn't bring your talk. You didn't say I got. A I tomahawk didn't bring my tomahawk. No. So they went through the suitcase and the drone, and he kind of looked in the back seat, and he was like, "All right, man, have a good one." It seemed new. It was part of his training. Well, that's if what I, I was didn't have if I didn't have something on me, I would have said, "Because well, I'm an Indian." I noticed he let the last three cars go by. I'm assuming they weren't Indians. Either that, or he's racist against Texans. Or my he can has a machine in there that tells about my elevated heart rate because I know I've got cannabis. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and I'm probably high. (laughs) 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 So, so when I went through, the guy's like, "What are you doing down here?" And I go, "I'm going to uh, Ponderay and Polson." He's like, "What are you doing there?" Well, just check out the landscape. He's, "Are you planning on moving here?" And then I, I started laughing, like legitimately laughing. Um, he caught me, you know, off guard. I'm like, yeah, actually, well, maybe one day, you know, I kind of said, yeah, I wouldn't mind maybe one day. And, and then he asked me if, uh, a bunch of questions, you know, all the regular questions, got any of this, getting that, getting this, got any gifts. And then I kind of hesitated cause I knew I had your, a box of your books in the back and I'm like, are those gifts? And then I kind of looked back in the back of the truck and I'm like, um, and I go, nope. And, and then he asked me a couple other questions and then are you vaccinated? I'm like, yep. And he just let me go through. So I didn't have to show anything. I didn't have to show him anything. So again, again, they just, they just ask. Sometimes they ask. You don't have to show anything. Except for once. What? Once we had to show. Well, that's what I mean. I wonder if he's got that on record. I don't know. But anyways, so coming back, I fucking, so I've, I've come over the border a bunch of different ways. No app, no test, no nothing, like not complying with anything. I've tried the app and it's been a disaster because of the logistics. It's a long story. We talked about it in another show, but I'd already come back to the border to drop something else off. So the app thought I was like on day eight of quarantine, da, da, da. That so one was almost thought, the easiest, wasn't it? What? Didn't that one work out to be almost the easiest? Yeah, exactly. You should have looped around again and you could have done half your quarantine in Montana. Yeah. So here we are after this is literally, I think today is the day that a lot of these uh, mandates are coming off in Canada, internal flying and traveling inside Canada. They're dropping a lot of the mandates, but of course we're keeping some of these for coming back in the country. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, and I just got, I just had COVID in in May. So I'm like, okay. So I upload, so I, I had my test results from May and I'm thinking, well, I, I'll do the app. I'll upload these. That exempts me from quarantine and exempts me from testing to get across the border. So I'm like, so I do the app and now there's no place to upload it. They've updated the app like just this weekend. So there's no place to upload it. So I do the app and it says in the app right away, you're not vaccinated. It says it right away. It knows from last times that it's got all the history of all the trouble I've given them already. So mine doesn't. I, I, <laughs> I have clean so slate. I get, up, I get up to the thing. Mine says you I've are vaccinated. My, I've got a picture of my test results. So, but you can't upload it into the app now. I don't know why. They just say you have to have a copy with you. I don't have a hard copy. I've just got a pick of it. So, right away, she's like, "So, uh, what are you doing down there?" And I said, oh, "I'm just visiting Polson and, and Pondere." And uh, I, she's like, "Well, what are you doing?" And I said, "Well, we're just looking. I was just..." Uh, I think I said just touring the land, landscape or sightseeing or something like that. How much you got on, you know, I go, I got a, a necklace. And what are you bringing back? Necklace. How much is it worth? Like she was kind of really growly with the questions. 
And I'm like, a hundred bucks. That's all you got? And she's sort of, any alcohol, that kind of stuff. And then she's like, are you vaccinated? And I said, I filled out the app. Don't you, don't you want the app? And I tried to get away with the, without like, I said, well, you, you know, she knows. She's got the app on her fucking screen probably, right? And I'm trying to avoid the question. She's like, are you vaccinated? And I'm like, no. And then she, she goes, are you positive test? Did you test positive? And I go, yeah, I test positive. And she says, where, where's, where is it? And I flipped my phone. I flipped the, the picture of the screenshot of the app I took. And I flip it over to the test results. And I hand it to her. She fucking closes the window, calls her supervisor over. And they're like talking and she's pointing at the screen and they're pointing at the screen and all this. And I'm thinking, holy fuck, what's going on here? Like, I can't Hopefully hear anything scan through that, right? Thing on the and I'm like, fuck, man, I got my fucking, they got my phone and my passport behind there. Then you're so cast. then, so here's the other thing. So that must have popped into your head. Oh, oh my God, dude, it's fake test. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to jail. <laughs> I got dick pics on my phone. And I mean, you know. So the other thing is, I'm thinking, um, they've been very careful. When I filled out that app, I filled out that I had a place to quarantine, right? Because it says I'm not providing them any proof of my vaccination. I, re- I, I refuse to provide them any proof of any of that, right? So... Um, they ask, they're very careful and they have been this whole time. You and I've been traveling like this. They've been very careful not to say that you have to quarantine unless you're sick. Even the app doesn't really tell you you have to, it asks you if you have a place to go, if you're sick and the border guards have been very careful. Even the, the, the person on the line, the health Canada person on the line last time was very careful not to say you must quarantine. So I've always thought this is going to be an easy trip. I'm doing everything they want me to do. I'm uploading the the proper stuff. I had COVID last month. Should be an easy breezy time across there. All the mandates are almost gone. This is the last fucking remaining thing for to get back into fucking commie Canada. So she opens up the window and says, she looks at me and she says, well, how did you get down south? And I said, well, maybe I am vaccinated. I'm not going to tell you that. And then she she pretty much throws the two. She goes, here's your test kits. You got a quarantine. No work. Stay at home. And throws me basically the test. Here's your phone. Here's your passport. Here's the test kits. And basically throws it to me. And I, I basically just like chucked it in. Well, she must side listen of the to the podcast. And, she just teamed Aaron. And she's, I, I got the feeling like she's just in this job. This young, she just hates her job. spunky woman with tats all over. Not that tattoos mean anything like this, but she's all tatted up which is fine, which is great. But it's like, she's just like stopping. She's like doing her job to say, she's like all in on everything. You know, the other people seem to have some little bit of fucking work on Sunday. Dude, that's their job, her job. She's got to be somewhat reasonable about it. And then of course, of course, like, do I argue with her? She finally found some chump she can yell at and not get in trouble. What? She found some chump she can yell at and not get in trouble. Yeah. And I felt like saying, they don't even ask across the border. Your buddy across there doesn't ask. They don't even care. Not like you commies here on this side. I'm surprised she wasn't masked, actually. Oh, I guess they got the masks off now. So I had no trouble. Dude, I was rattled. Fuck, I was rattled. I'm like, fuck you. Fake papers. That was 
glitch the app right out. And then I, I you know, what I if you like, got vaccinated? You, I felt like looking at her going, Does it you give you the really option know, to change it? Do you really know what's going on here? What? Can you change your status? That's what I was wondering. How does it know I'm not? I guess I would have to go in and I don't Mine know. Mine knows I, know, that I, I am vaccinated. So I know, but I just like, so I'm just saying to her, no, I'm not going to fucking provide you with proof of my vaccination. That's the other thing I should have said. I should have said, yes, I'm vaccinated according to the fucking definition in 2019. Immunized. Not vaccinated. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I should have said I have full immunity according to 2019. But I'm not going to prove. And then do you have proof? No, I don't have proof. I'm not going to give you fucking proof. You don't fucking need proof of anything. Let me back in my fucking country. Bum, 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 bum. I should have just went around the pylons. See what happens. <clears throat> Anyways, I mean, am I, is she going to go next door to the U.S. guy and flag me next time I come down? She went through a different exit. Or is she going to fucking. No, no, no. I, I'm just saying, like, you know, they're, they probably fucking have beers and stuff together. Who knows, right? I don't I mean, think are, so. are they going to so? flag me now? Or are they, what's she, what's she doing with my, you know? I don't think they hang out. Oh, it's just fucking just, I, I, I guess it's just super disappointing because I thought we were almost past this now, you know? And it's like, geez, do you have any fucking clue what's going on? You just got to humor them. I, I, dude, I'm, Maybe she's seen your dick pic. That was why she was all riled up. She just wanted some of that, some gram dick. No, no, no. No, no, that's not it. All right, guys. Well, support the show. GrimAmerica.ca slash support. Other than that, enjoy this fantastic chat with the Brothers of the Serpent. We do encourage you to go to the YouTube, watch the video, share it around. These guys are just starting to get this stuff out there. I think it's one of the best videos going right now. Share that shit. Enjoy the interview. Serpent, Kyle and Russ, thanks for joining us. Hey, Graham, Darren. How's it going, guys? Pleasure to be here. Kyle's kind of quiet. I think, yeah, I think your mic's a little quiet there, Kyle. Yeah, well, there there it is. No, you're back. You're back. I have a mute button and I I pushed it by accident. (laughs) You panicked. (laughs) Going pro, guys. (laughs) Word on the streets is I'm going professional. (laughs) We're professional. We got to combine 1,000 podcasts between us, but you know, we'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, one day there will be zero mistakes. (laughs) Oh, we're looking forward to this because you guys presented this uh, in front of our, you know, our crowd at uh, Contact in the Canyons, at the Canyons in Utah. It was a, it was a hit. Everybody loved it. And I really loved it. I think you guys are onto something here. So we're looking forward to seeing this. Yeah, it's awesome. a thank you. It was a it was a lot of fun. Uh, I've been kind of 
Uh, well, Kyle and I have been talking about this topic for a while, back and forth. We've done a couple of podcasts that have sort of gone through some of these concepts. And then, of course, we are always hanging out. So we're discussing possibilities on this particular thing, which basically the, the concept here, there's two main things we're looking at. One is the fact that, that's, that there are uh, unfinished jobs of an anomalous kind, like the, the, the work itself is anomalous in the sense of perhaps moving enormous blocks or precision uh, and even the method of the of the stone cutting that we see and then the other the other thing of course is the tool marks in particular that are also associated with a lot of these unfinished sites so the the presentation itself kind of goes through those two things but the main the main thrust here is that at some point it looks like all over the world people were doing uh, they were in, engaged in almost unbelievably enormous construction projects using megalithic stones and, uh, and, a, and a method of moving and cutting those stones that is not really, it's not really clear exactly how they were doing it. And then in the middle of the job, they put their tools down and seem to just never come back because a lot of the jobs are unfinished. A lot of them are in the, seem to be in the final stages, but the, it's just not complete. All over the world? All over the world, yeah. So at the end of the presentation, I'll show you. Uh, uh, most of this is focused on Egypt, but at the end of the presentation, I'll give a couple of places from around the world where you also see these things. So yeah, it's 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 unfinished and also anomalous tool marks itself. So that makes awesome. me think of the like the guy who's building the ark, and they're like, you know, they're done, they're finishing up, but the waves coming, and they're like, get in the fucking boat, Rudy, let's go. And, <laughs> That's right. You know, yeah. Then the tools That's get right. washed away. The tools get washed away, and that part of the ark doesn't get sanded. Right? Exactly, because I'm a, rough. And then yes, they just find right. this messed up part of the ark, and it's like, what? What? What's what? that from? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's because Rudy didn't finish sanding that. What's part. that from? Well, I just made that we're up. Just making it oh, up. Oh, okay. I thought it's like a you know a scene from a movie or something. Or <laughs> no, we're just we're just we're making it up as we go. Yeah, this is yeah, it. It so, could be. <laughs> perhaps the implication is that. There was a global cataclysm that stopped all of this work because yeah, and and we're not saying that for sure. It just it's like this is looking at all of the different down tools situations, but it is suggestive. You know why why does it look the same in all these places throughout the world? So yeah, I was I was kind of going to ask that question, this main question later on, but I mean I might as well just tease it now, and we can once we go through all the slides, we can kind of talk about it but do you think there's a way to even just speculate that um a lot of these uh examples that you have are from a similar time frame like going way back or not yeah. known time frame even or like maybe just not a known time frame yeah it does seem like you could do that it's it's you know it's it it would be speculation it's hard to say for certain but again around the world you see similar construction styles you know and, and i'm sure some people who've, who have looked at like ancient sites around the world they'll be familiar with the kind of there's this heterogeneous dry laid you know cyclopean kind of stone masonry where all the blocks are huge and they're all different shapes and sizes and there's no mortar you know and they're very smooth and it's like you see that all over the world and these seem to be in this in they they're, they're usually at the bottoms of the 
of the constructions we're looking at. So like up above them, you see less well done masonry. In other words, like old, like newer repair jobs that are less sophisticated. Right. So we're going to be looking at some of that in Egypt, but there, it, it, there are similar styles around the world and they do seem to be at the deepest parts of these structures, you know? And so it does imply that we may be looking at something very ancient, perhaps deeply ancient to the point of being anomalous, you know, in terms yeah. of the standard model of history. And when it comes to the tool marks as well, they're so similar that it, yeah. it's like, you know, is this a dating method where you can say, well, these it's, it looks like they're using the same tools, so they must be contemporary. Uh, it's possibility. That's what it seems like to me, but yeah. it's possible that they could also be separated, you know, in time, but they look like they're using the same tools, the same methods. So yeah, it is suggestive again. So let me go ahead and get the share going here. We'll start this. And we'll be able to see all this stuff firsthand in November. Pretty much everything That's in right. here. That's right. All, all these sites, at least the Egypt ones, we're going to be looking at when we go to Egypt, for sure. So um, we're going to start here at Giza. Now, this is just, I got some Google Earth images to show. So this is a you know north-facing image. Most people will recognize this is the three pyramids on Giza. These, they're, you know, these are the most popular pyramids in Egypt. The Great Pyramid is the one on the upper right. The center one is, you know, the Median Pyramid or, or Khafre, as it's called. But the one we're going to be focusing on for the beginning of this presentation is on, is on the lower left there, the small one. This is the least popular pyramid on the popular pyramids of Giza. <laughs> this is Menkara. It's the small pyramid that's sort of offset there. So <clears throat> this is us walking up to the... Uh, north face of it. So if you look at this image here, you can see this is where the buses park, and then there's this path, and then this walkway. So this picture is taken from on this walkway here. So another thing you'll notice when you're going through Egypt is you have to you have to learn to see through the cultural layers, uh, and this is important as we go through a lot of these slides. For example, this walkway is modern. You know, it's sort of made to look ancient. It's made of flagstones of the same material that a lot of this stuff out here is built of this right here some of it may be modern but others parts of it may be i don't know it may be ancient could be new kingdom don't know um you know but then there's you can see the repair work on top of it here right so there's always this there are these layers of stuff you're looking through and then of course now we're looking at the pyramid in the back itself so the the interesting thing about the reason I wanted to go to this pyramid, you know, when we were here, I was telling Ben because he was saying, you know, we got a couple of possibilities for uh, where we might go when we're at Giza here. And I was like, I really want to get over to uh, to Menkara. I want to see this pyramid. And it's specifically because of these casing stones. So those are that's that's these here. These stones here, not many of them are left. But there are there are quite a few comparatively, you know, the, the Great Pyramid itself has almost no casing stones remaining. Like they're almost all gone. There's a few down at the ground, and it's not really clear that those are in their original position. The center pyramid or the Khafre pyramid has uh, more than the Great Pyramid, but it also all of its casing stones are co almost completely gone. So Menkara here has <clears throat> the most casing stones of the three Giza pyramids left. The Bent Pyramid actually, which is in a different place, has yeah. the, the most casing stones remaining of all the pyramids at. In, in Egypt. And it's, it's amazing to see that thing because 
that it's sort that the, there's enough of the casing stones left where you can see how precise they were. I mean, the lines are so sharp. It's unbelievable, you know, so it kind of uh, going to see the bent pyramid, which we will do when we go in Egypt in November. Uh, it's really awesome. Cause that gives you a, it kind of allows you to see these pyramids and sort of picture what they must've looked like in their prime. And again, who knows how far back that was, but so a, a couple of things about the casing. Uh, and I did mention this when we were doing the presentation, but this is that the casing stones act like the roof for the pyramid. You know, if you think of, of any house or any building, it's got to have a roof that is that is more impervious to the elements. So, you know, a common thing is shingles people put on the roofs of their houses. And shingles are like a fabric with a tar and in, embedded into the tar is like granite, gravel, right? And that protects the rest of the house from rain and ice and sun and wind, Okay. Uh, because the interior parts of the house or the, uh, the rest of the house, the structure is built out of things like wood and plaster and things like that that would fall apart if they were com- completely exposed to the elements all the time. So these casing stones here, they act as the roof of the structure and also the other pyramids, the, the Great Pyramid and all the rest of them in Egypt, they had casing and those casings act as, acted as the roof to protect the core masonry, which is this stuff back here. This is the core masonry. This is what the bulk of the pyramid is made out of. This stone... It's just regular limestone, and it's much more susceptible to being eroded by rain and wind-blown sand, you know, ice, freeze and thaw, uh, which, you know, can happen out here in the desert, um, freeze and thaw and rain. But mostly wind-blown sand is very destructive to this kind of stone, whereas this roof material or these casing stones, this is made out of granite, the same kind of granite that we put on top of our houses. So it's very, very hard stone. And the difference is that the limestone is sedimentary, you know, so it's laid down at the bottoms of oceans or shallow seas, whereas the granite is igneous. So it's formed deep under the ground from slowly cooling lava under a great pressure. So it results in just a much harder stone. And it's, you know, it's very, uh, very strong against elemental uh, forces. But, of course, most of it's been removed. And you can see, as I back out here, you can see these piles of rubble around here and over here. This is all remnants of casing stones that used to be on this pyramid, but were quarried over time off of this pyramid as a source of granite for people nearby. So they treated the, you know, people who lived here for thousands of years treated these big structures as as quarries, like convenient quarries, because the source of this granite is 500 miles up the Nile down south, very far away. So if you want a millstone made out of a nice hard granite, rather than having to travel 500 miles down the Nile or uh, up the Nile to get it, you can just come over to this pyramid, peel one of these stones off there, roll it down the side, get it on the ground, and then carve yourself a millstone out of it. And there's actually an incomplete one we'll see when we go around the corner of the pyramid here. But yeah, people were, were, were quarrying these pyramids for material for thousands of years is that where they bashed a hole in the side of it yeah this is this is actually a tomb robbing attempt no that's the story that what's interesting see this this is the entrance and this is what we're going to be focusing on here in a minute but this is the entrance that this is the only known entrance to this pyramid and when you go up these steps it basically goes straight down into the ground right and the passages are all down under the ground here so in other words 
people who got in here were like, well, where, where are the rooms up in this structure up here? Right. So they, they didn't believe that this was the only that these were the only rooms down here. So they started digging their way into the side of the pyramid to find the secret hidden stuff. You know, that, that is an insane anything? amount of work. Yeah. <clears throat> that, no. that hole right there would have been so much work. Yes. To a lot of work. That. That's right. No, I don't, as far as I know, they didn't find anything. There's no known rooms up in that in the body of that pyramid. It's weird. The Great Pyramid has known chambers and shafts and channels and passageways up in the body of it. But again, most of the interior parts of that above ground structure, the Great Pyramid, is is you know it, it, it's empty of known chambers. And a lot of it goes down underground. And we, when we, we we did go into Khafre, the second pyramid, and it's all underground. Like basically, you go in, you go down a shaft, and then you're just you're in the bedrock for most yeah. of the time. You're experience, and you're just like, what is this giant triangle above the ground for? If this is just a tunnel going under the under the bedrock, like what's the point? So it's it's very strange. Yeah. Now the bent pyramid had more chambers up in inside the structure. That's right. There's but even even all of those were below the bend. Which is like, yeah, that was interesting too. <laughs> you know, it's like we climb, you climb way up inside this thing, and then you see this tunnel going up and out, and you realize that that exits on a tiny hole on the outside of the bent pyramid that's below, way below the bend of it. So you're just like, okay, still most of this thing has no, you know, is has no known chambers. So anyway, let's move forward here because uh, what we want to focus on is this this part of this stone, and the reason these um, the reason these were protected. Actually, is because, or at least we were told this by the uh, by the tour guides and by Yusuf, is that the quarrying of the higher stone, the granite up here, made such big piles of rubble down at the bottom that all of these casing stones were actually protected by the quarrying rubble and probably sand and, and buried in stuff. sand. And yes, so people didn't bother to dig them out, and so that's why they still exist, right? So Are this they is all just, attached underground. Those pyramids. Yeah, they're socketed into the bedrock. Into the bedrock, yeah. yeah. So can you like places... go down the Great Pyramid and come out in this one? Oh, are they attached oh, together? Oh. That's a, no, not that I know of. I mean, they there are legends that they are, or but, at least that there's a gigantic tunnel system underneath all this. Yeah, stuff, so yeah, they're attached to Scotland, Darren. that's right well it just makes me wonder if that's the very tip of it you know that's just you're up in the attic that's why you can't find no shit up there you know it's all just that's where you you keep the dusty furniture (laughs) yeah exactly and it's just all below there all this like goes down a hundred feet or two hundred feet you know yeah well they they have excavated some of the corners of multiple pyramids and in in the past the corners had been excavated by petrie and others uh so they'll they'll dig down through the rubble and through the sand and find the actual bedrock and that actual corner block that is socketed into the bedrock so if there's no more construction any further down than that it would be tunneling yeah but it's i mean they're straight up socketing and you can see a few of them there's one at the bent pyramid i don't know if this one has a cleared corner, but it's really interesting. Even you know the casing stones are missing, and the look the core but, blocks are gone. Yeah, so you're far away from the pyramid because there would would have been a lot more stones out of the wall, and you can see the corner where they cut into the bedrock to make this corner where that corner block would have sat. 
Yeah, so it kind of it kind of sockets the entire structure onto the bedrock. You know what I mean? There's like a there's either an indent or or an extrusion, so the pyramid sits yeah. down on it like it's socketed in. It's really interesting. So this picture, I want I just as people are watching this, just start to pay attention to the shapes of the stones, and you're gonna see you're gonna you're gonna start to recognize this style. This is the the kind of heterogeneous sort of cyclopean you know, or megalithic masonry that I was talking about. Now, because of the, because of what they were doing here and they were actually matching these casing stones to the uh, courses of the core masonry here. So each course is, you know, one of these layers of, of stones and they were matching the casing stones to each layer as well. It's not nearly as sort of flowing and heterogeneous as the stuff you'll see in Peru, but it has a similar uh, effect like in other words, the lateral lines are all pretty straight. That's right. These horizontal lines, you know, are like they're regular. <clears throat> but you'll notice that the shapes of the blocks, the tilts, like this one, see how this one's got a nice slant to it here. Uh, you know, and this, it, they chose to put two small ones here, and then there's a giant block right here to this side. And then notice how they're kind of what we call pillowy. The faces of these are not finished flat. They're very irregular. And then also you'll, you'll begin to notice this too, these nubs all over these, uh, these blocks here. And I think a lot of these have been cut off or they've been sheared off or whatever. And that may be, who knows, that could be damage over time. It's not clear, but there's nubs. And then you'll see some of them have reverse or sockets. This one has two right here. You can kind of see right the there. Forklift grabbed it. Yeah, forklift. <clears throat> this shows this is showing you scale too and like you'll see these these this interesting scooping pattern on a lot of these there's one here's one here there's one there uh this right here and then there's one there and then on the other side of the block one here we're going to be looking at those more in the future we'll see that in the, in the quarry right <laughs> that's right and elsewhere, but it just it just shows like w that they seem to have been using some tool that was able to take. It looks like it was able to take large amounts of stone, uh, large amounts of material out of the stone by kind of doing this scraping or scooping maneuver. I don't know. I don't know exactly how it worked. Again, notice the rubble, and then the scale of these blocks. You can see the rubble's totally piled up against it there. Yeah, yeah, it's all at the corner there. So here, what, what we're going to be looking at here is this, this section here. This is what I was interested in. This is why I asked Ben if we could come over to this uh, to look at this pyramid because I wanted to see this flattened area here. Um, and again, keep in mind that I'm looking mostly looking up at this because of the, of the angle of the pyramid. Here's another interesting block down at the ground level. Two nubs. Those look like they've been cut off. Because in a lot of in some places in Egypt, you'll see these things and they they'll extrude 10, 12 inches, you know, not really clear what they were for, maybe for lifting. Don't know. Maybe for adjusting after they get it in place. Not sure. Here's another spot where the, the block has been cut out. Here's a couple of indents, notches. There's a better view of it. And again, notice how rough these the faces of these blocks are. 
but still they're finely fitted to each other, right? So the front faces are extremely rough. Look at this. Look at look at that interesting pattern right there. Every time I look at these pictures, I see something new and different. But if you look up here at these blocks, let's see if I can zoom in on this. You'll notice that the um, the sides here, that they were very flat and finely faced to fit against each other. These two blocks probably went together uh, and they've just been separated for whatever reason. Or maybe there was another block that's supposed to be between them that's gone now. But the point is, is that the sides are very flat or if they're not flat, they're tuned perfectly to fit against the blocks that they were supposed to sit against, as opposed to these front faces, which are very rough. That's perfectly flat. The lines are perfectly flat, too. Yeah. So the bottoms and the tops are perfectly flat. Yeah, well, it's like the, the mating faces on the sides of the rock, whether they were curved or flat, they just they, fit. they match each other perfectly like yeah. a jigsaw puzzle. So they have the capability to to make flat edges like that, but they intentionally left Here's another the one. front faces completely rough. You can see how really finely faced this side of the block and this side of the block is, even though it's irregular, right? It's clearly not like, it's not like cubicle, but those faces are fit or are designed to fit against whatever they were supposed to sit against over here. Whether it was this block or another one that was supposed to be between them is not clear because, again, this is the... I took this picture trying to see, like, I do think that this one looks like it was supposed to sit against that one. But, you know, it's not, we don't know. These are just sitting up there, and you're not allowed to climb up there and look either. So, But it makes you wonder, if it wasn't for a functional reason after the fact, it must have had to been really easy. Otherwise, it seems ridiculous that you would put that much time into non-standardized building. Yeah, it does. It, It looks like whoever was doing this, they were very good at it, right? They were, yeah. they were incredibly good at it, and they totally knew what they were doing. And again, I think that, these, that the faces of these blocks here, the fact that they're all pillowy and rounded and rough, means that this job wasn't finished. And we'll see why in a minute here. I also want to point out this, this spot here. <clears throat> I think I have another picture that looks at this closer. I can make this. Well, let's just go to the next picture. There it is. Right here, you can see this face. And look at this fit here. It's not, I'm not sure what we're looking at here. This so might, the one on the left is limestone, right? That's yes, core this masonry. is limestone. This is core masonry. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's weird because I'm just not sure what exactly is going on here. Where does this block end and this one start? Is this block socketed into the core masonry here? I'm not sure. And I don't know if this is mortar or not. Again, I couldn't, you're not allowed to climb up there, so it's hard, to, it's hard to tell. But look at the irregularity of this joint. You know, this is... This it's is like just you're melted really, together in a way. I mean, how would you... You wouldn't want to manually do that. I mean... Yeah, well, it's, it's, it, could be, it could be many things, but one of the things that we've debated, Kyle and Ben and I have all talked about Ben from Uncharted X. We've talked about this multiple times, is, are, is the casing actually a second uh, stage of construction? In other words, this may indicate by the irregularity of this limestone here that the casing was put on there when the, when the limestone of the core masonry was already old and being eroded. 
You see what I'm saying? Oh, and they were just adding it on. It almost looks like grout. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the idea is that, well, the question is, is it possible that the pyramids were already old when the people with the capability to cut this granite the way they could and manipulate it so easily came along and decided to preserve these yeah. artifacts? Or to or to brighten it up or to make it more aesthetically pleasing or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the and the reason why this is even, I mean, it's it's not just speculation just from this, because the rest of Giza has a lot of this on it too. The Valley Temple, for example, we'll look at some of that. The Valley Temple already, its core masonry was already exceedingly old when somebody came and put a bunch of granite around the outside and the inside, and and you can tell that that's the case because they fit the granite to the eroded faces of the limestone core masonry of the Valley Temple. In other words, the erosion of the, the core masonry was already there when somebody came and cased it in granite. So it's possible that they did this too. It's just, I just don't know. It seems to me like as a builder, again, all that stuff I said about roofs, this pyramid needed a, a roof, you know? And if, if you came and put, put all those core blocks up, you would want to case it in something that would protect it. So I don't and know. You might have I'm, to redo that every couple of years. Maybe it just started off really small and it just every couple of years they had to redo it and redo it. Could be. Next thing you know, the thing's yeah, that, fucking 300 feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it seems also that they had a ground plan. Yeah. In the beginning. Like they knew how big the floor plan was going to be. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, and that's just, I'm saying that based on what I've read from, from Petrie, who uh, basically initially excavated around these pyramids uh, in the modern age. Yeah. Well, if they're socked into the bedrock, too, that doesn't make sense. So, right, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, this is, this is the main part we want to look at here. And this is around the entrance. So, again, this is the doorway. And this is, you know, like a modern wooden. Uh, walkway that goes down into the entrance of the pyramid but there's this interesting square flattened part of the casing stones where whoever was doing this came along and for whatever reason they decided that they needed the area around the door to be flat not all puffy and pillowy like the rest of the blocks are <clears throat> so they just had some machine i guess it seems like a machine to me because you can kind of see this radius and it actually goes all the way down to the ground here uh, so it goes out of the picture, but there's this radius at the edge of the square part where like, and, and again, it's hard to see the scale here, but they were removing 12, sometimes 14 inches of stone. And again, keep in mind, this is very hard, uh, granite, right? So this is not easy to work. And somebody just came along and like, it looks like a giant belt sander just flattened this, but it's, and it's got this, you know, this is where the edge of the belt sander was. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and, I and why would they leave the? If it wasn't easy, why would they leave so much of that pillow exposed to, to flatten it? Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, that, that's a lot of material to remove, right? So let's let's look more hundreds of pounds. Oh, yeah. yes, hundreds of pounds of material. Again, see so see the radius here, you know, and it seems to just continue up. It like follows this line. Irrespective of where the block start, the block starter end. It looks like the tool itself is just. You know, it just didn't care where the blocks were. It just wa they wanted this this line here. And again, and, so I'll just point out real quick. This is you can see some really rough, uh, faint glyphs here. 
in case anyone's interested. This basically amounts to 19th Dynasty graffiti. Okay, even the standard model considers this pyramid to have built been built <clears throat> in the fourth dynasty, or the you know this is the old kingdom. So what 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 year is that? Like twenty six hundred BC kind of thing? Yeah, it's it's very old. Well, maybe Kyle can look it up. Don't ask me the dates, Graham. Oh, oh fuck. the dynasty and the date. I can't do the dynasties. <laughs> I need the dates. <laughs> you did the same thing in in Utah. I was like, yeah, it's, it's, and you're like, what is the date? And I'm like, I don't know, Graham. Don't ask me these questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I bugged you with a lot of bad questions. No, no, it's okay. Kyle's looking it up. Yeah. So this is, so the fourth dynasty lasted from, uh, 2613 ah. to 2494 BC. Yeah. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Right around there. So it ended like say 2500 BC. So when's 19th dynasty new kingdom? I'll look it up. Yeah. Probably a thousand years later, at least. So you think of that. You know, whoever wrote this on here, if the standard model of the timeline is correct, and this pyramid was built in the fourth dynasty of the old kingdom. Yeah, so the, the 19th dynasty started in 1292 BC. So we had. Yeah, so that's more than a thousand years. 1300 years, right? years yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, so think about that. Like, whoever wrote this, you know, to them, if the standard model is correct, the pyramid was already at least 1300 years old. And so like, like it would be like, it would be like you doing some graffiti on a, you know, on, on a, on a seventh century cathedral or something. Yeah. In in today's age, some graffiti. Yeah. Um, <laughs> graffiti. <laughs> graffiti. <laughs> and it looks like the other pyramids were probably completely um, flattened already. Yeah. So that's, that is, that is a good point, Darren. Like, so you, I see that you've got the, you know, a classic Giza picture behind you there. The other pyramids were flat. Yes. They, the, at least as far as we can tell the, the remaining Tura limestone casing stones on those had been flattened to a high degree. They were clear, like almost polished. And let's, before we move on to that, let's talk about this, why this area kind of makes sense around that door frame. You would flatten that if you were sort of yes. prepping the whole thing, you might want to flatten that area to put in lintels or to do whatever to mm-hmm. face so you can face that door frame properly afterwards. Right. right. So again, Petrie talks about the, the existence of these, these pivot stones or prism stones that used to be in the doorways of the entrances of these pyramids. And they were basically like a, a prism shape that had, that were sort of socketed into the left and right side that could be lifted enough to, for a person to crawl through, but it like the weight would keep it, you know, on a pivot kind of, yeah, on a pivot flat yeah. with the, with the surface of the pyramid. So if you're trying to imagine like, okay, we need to, we need to fit a stone it's going to be able to pivot. It's got to pivot where the top corner goes to the inside of the door. So you can't have a big pillowy surface on that rock if the top corner's got to go in. So you have to. We should open ha- up whiteboard on Zoom. I know, I drawing. need a whiteboard. You would have to flatten. I can just tell you. You're doing like sign language with your hands there. Yeah, I'm trying to explain it. Um, you, you would need to flatten that pillowy surface out in order to get the block to pivot correctly or at least to take the proper measurements to know what you would have to have. So that, that was my thought. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't it be able to make like that whole thing. contraption until this was finished. I mean, so why would right. you wait for the whole thing to be done before you could finish off that whole entranceway, the doorway, whatever, whatever else? Yeah, right. Where this theory falls apart is that there's another flattened surface on the other side of the pyramid on that the, apparently does not have a door on the east side. Yeah, we're going to look so, at that in a minute. You know, does that thing well, have a door? It, and maybe yeah. we don't know about it or, <laughs> you know, it's. Yeah, and like, and fuck, it, we did the wrong side. <laughs> the door was on that side. God dang it, Jats. I told you the door's on the north side. <laughs> That's a very you good fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, so, I don't, yeah, I, he said it maybe the theory fall, falls apart. I don't think so because these can have multiple purposes. But hey, even then yeah. it had to be easy because there's no way they left Johnson there for three months before they were like, hey, bro, wrong side. Wrong yeah. side. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. You don't make that big of a mistake if you're doing it by hand. The other thing I thought of with the flat sides is that they were setting, they were getting a, like a position with oh, which an to angle, use, a, datum, a datum for the angle. That's yeah. right. To, yeah. to check their angles as they go up. Right. Like this is what we yeah. need. This is the angle we need. The engineer comes out, he gets it, it cut and it's check measured. And this is right. And it, they do it on all sides, perhaps. Yeah. You would want one on each side so and that you can there, check all the can, way up. They yeah. can measure and make sure, because if you're going to leave pillowy surface on a rock, you would want to make sure that the full shape of that stone is like it's protruding far enough to where when you do plane it off, there are no voids. Like, in other words, if you look at this image here, imagine if in the pillowiness of this particular block before they've planed it down, there was a dip in it right here that made it so that when you've planed it flat here, there was a gouge, you know, right? In other words, there wasn't enough stone here. And, and that so might be why they need to go 12 inches high. So they make sure they get that minimum. Right. Minimum, yeah. But uh, you, you also. Yeah. yeah. And you can also make this flat spot, set up, a, set up some poles or whatever, and then run a line up the pyramid. And then you can always check. Like you're 14 inches in, make sure you're, you know, yeah. you can measure off of that line. Yeah. It's, you don't need that huge flat surface for that, but you don't. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know, man. It's a large flat surface. So it's strange. Yeah. We, we've been kicking around ideas about this. This but. is one possibility. I mean, and it, pro it probably had many uses, you know, it's, it, it could be so that you could get the door done right. It could also be so that you could, that you could check your angles, you know, and other, it could be other things. This Maybe this is where they mounted the giant. The giant crane that sat over the entire thing just grabbed the pyramid on all four <laughs> sides at these flat spots here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> UFO landing pad. I mean, it could, be, right. <laughs> it could have been like just an inspection, too. I mean, they might have had to just say, hey, like before we finish doing this whole thing or, or, or before we, you know, grind the whole thing down or whatever they're doing, they need to do an inspection on each side to make sure that. The, yeah. Uh, who knows? So here we're looking at the right side. Uh, now we're on the other side of the door. And again, you can see this radius. Look how much material they removed from these pillowy blocks. That's a lot of, of material. And again, and what I'm do the mainstream say about that? They don't say anything. They're silent about this. Yeah. So look at this. Wow. That's your, crazy. Wow. You got well, your pillowy rock erosion. here. And it just, <laughs> it's just well, eroded. Yeah. Yeah. They're, this they, is the other thing I want to point out. I love this. Just look at this. Anybody who's a, a mason or has done any kind of construction will appreciate wh the, what this little joint here means. The fact that this, this block goes, this block <laughs> right here sits deeper into the one below it than this one does. You know, 
It's like we were just talking about this must have been easy for them, like because this is unnecessarily difficult. It might be structurally better. It is, yeah. Absolutely. If this is like a compromise for the fact remember we were talking about how the horizontal lines of these courses basically follow the core masonry well this is this seems to be a compromise to attain some kind of heterogeneity in the horizontal lines even though they're basically following the cores i just i just find this amazing or they're just like this is so easy that they just they stick the block up there and the other block they grind against each other until they they make it perfectly right and they don't care if it goes around the corner like that yeah it's just like yeah that's great it does it automatically. <laughs> <laughs> right. What did you say before you were like, this is sort of like um, uh, a kind of it's like the hubris of the stonemasons. Yeah. Right? It's a kind of masonry arrogance. arrogance. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, look at how freaking awesome. That's we are. right. <laughs> so again, this is just looking at the flat spaces here around this entrance. Now here's the, this is around the east side. So this is the flattened area around the corner to the east side of the pyramid. Again, you can see, look at all the rubble, right? This is all quarrying rubble that hasn't been removed. These are the pillowy. Look at this giant horizontal scoop taken out of this block. You, you don't know, like, know that that smooth. Oh, yeah. And the other side, there's rocks above it, too, isn't there? Yeah. So, yeah, we, so it wasn't like a less, ramp that went right to the top. There's less of those on the other side, but. Yeah, I wonder. You you could be right. It could be a ramp. But what I think, what I think about these two flattened areas, is that this, to me, this shows that they eventually intended to do this to the entire thing. That's my argument. Like this is my that's my gut feeling, is that they were going to flatten, and the, and the other pyramids were like Darren said, flattened. So I think that they were going to do this to the rest of it, and they didn't finish the job. Which drives you nuts, doesn't it? <laughs> it does make you think. The thing that drives me nuts is that somebody came along and tore it apart. Yeah, that's right. It just it, That is one of the most maddening things about being in Egypt is seeing how much destruction, how much destruction of these amazing structures there is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, you're mad at people that are have been dead for like 3000 years. You know, it's like, <laughs> screw those guys. Those guys were assholes. <laughs> so here's a picture of the, some of the rubble granite. This is granite rubble from the casing stones lying around the, around and the these pyramid. Are just, they're huge. They're just I mean, monsters. they're just unbelievably massive. And look at these beautiful flat surfaces on them. This is what the people who were quarrying them were after, you know, like, if you think about it, if you're doing quarrying work, you've got to cut it out of the frickin' quarry, and then you've got to move it out of the quarry, and then you've got to shape it and flatten it and do all this work. Well, here at the pyramid is a source of stone where there's at least two and maybe three beautifully flattened faces on the stones already. If you can wedge it out of there and roll it down and then break a piece off, most of your work has been done for you. So they were just stealing the material. Or you can imagine it. some guy is like... His grinds, you know, his uh, millstone breaks. And, uh, I mean, you can come up with any scenario, but it's just like, dude, I got to have a millstone. Got to have a millstone right now. Yeah. And just the first guy just goes and gets one. (laughs) Yeah. And it starts a trend that lasts for thousands of years. And, yep. 
I bet you more, dude. You had some fucking gangsters that knocked a bunch of that shit down, and they stood out front of there and sold you that shit. Sold it. Oh yeah, yeah. They ran a racket for sure. Yeah, that's what I would do. So we were (laughs) we were looking at yeah, that's what Darren would do. So we were looking at this area. Now we're going to go around the side, and you can see these are piles of rubble. All this stuff out here, all this here, this is just rubble around the bottom of the pyramid. But we're going to walk around the side here to the east face. And we're going to be looking at this structure uh, and where it butts up against the bottom of the pyramid here. And this, you know, they call this the, you know, the Pyramid Temple of Menkara, a mortuary temple, perhaps. You know, they, the, the standard model or the mainstream archaeology treats this whole area as a giant necropolis. So there's, this is, these are tombs and this is a mortuary temple. Okay. That's what they say. So this is uh, what in the, in the alternative history crowd. We call this the small pyramid and the pyramid temple. Yeah. Instead of Menkare, because that's a standard model story that the guy who built it for his tomb. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You have the small pyramid, the middle pyramid, and the big and the great pyramid. Yeah. In the alternative, and we not, that we there are there's plenty of necropolis stuff around here, but a lot of that's way later. Uh, intrusive burials, basically. So anyway, this is the um, and now you can see this again. We're looking at. Just the a kind of uh, megalithic masonry that just people don't, I don't know, you just don't think of doing stuff this way anymore. It's not nearly as well done as the stuff we were looking at on the pyramid, but you can still see the enormity of these blocks. Now, these are limestone. They're not nearly as hard, again, as the granite, okay? And they're not as well done. The, the fitting isn't as well done, but it just it's still amazing. And then you can see how deeply eroded these top blocks are of this temple and you can even see it out here and around at the back of the back walls out here, just how much degrading or erosion has happened to these blocks. And it's probably because these have been exposed for most of the time. Whereas the rest of this is, was probably buried in sand. This big groove right here. We saw lots of these in different places in Egypt. So this big groove along here may indicate a sand layer. In other words, the sand was up to here, down at the bottom of the groove, and like over thousands of years, the wind blowing the sand up against this structure would carve out this groove in the rock. So you'll see there's lots of that. I mean, there's places where you're you're walking through a temple, and it'll be 30 or 40 feet above you. There'll be these big grooves, you know. In the temple wall, where this—that's how deeply it was buried in sand. Wow, and there wow. are even there are even carvings into the wall to make a like a a place where people could tie up their other uh, yeah their donkeys camels or camels or donkeys yeah. way up way there where up. you can't reach them yeah and then down at the bottom where you're walking the walls are like beautifully preserved and the the carvings are all still there but up at the top you can see all the carvings have been etched away because they were like they were you know etching Redacting. off their faces yeah. And, that's right. Well, for so scale, how big? How big? Are, like, how big is that block? Like, how big is that doorway down there? Is that, or is that a doorway? Or I, yeah, it's I. I'm pretty sure that uh, those notches in the front, in the foreground, there are almost like at your head height. Yeah, this is like head height here. So you can walk through this, but you have to bend over, right? I think. I thought that was like a little cat hole. <laughs> no, no, these are huge. 
Uh, well, again, okay, so it could be it could be a, a deeper uh, entrance and buried in the sand or buried underneath. underneath yeah. It. yeah, yeah. I well, we, we do go inside of it. So, but this is the thing. Okay, so again, we're looking off. We're looking at the east side of the pyramid here, and you can see. Again, we're looking at the pillowy casing stones. Notice that these scoops going up and down. They're vertical in some cases. Sometimes they look horizontal. Like here's one that seems to be going side to side here, right? And then there's all these these much reduced nubs along this layer up here, but Really, what we're focusing on here. Oh, and here's the millstone. See, somebody was making granite millstone out of one of the casing stones there. But what we're looking at here is how this temple, these walls, butt up against the uh, the pyramid casing stones, and it's kind of a rough job against rough stone. So, to me, again, I don't know. I, I don't know how to deconstruct this site. I'm just all I want to say is that as a builder myself, I feel like this is kind of a rough job. It doesn't. Well, all right. Yeah, but I did. I did go to the inside of that connection, and it's not all rough. It's not. Yeah, there's some there's some good cuts. Like this outside part is pretty pretty, pretty rough. rough. But there are multiple places where the walls butt up against the pyramid, and it's like the well I done. Looked at all of them. Mm. Yeah, and they're cut. They're form fit. For the most part, except for erosion, and that's my opinion that the that the roughness of it is mostly due to erosion. Okay, we'll look at it again. Does it? Yeah. Does it? Does it look like these granite casing stones were were finished, or are they still all pillowy in there? Oh right. no, they're all pillowy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of what I think is is that it seems like, and I'm not sure. Again, Kyle and I have gone back and forth about this every time we talk about it i wonder if whoever was putting the casing on there intended to flatten all of it and didn't finish the job and then somebody way later came along or just later came along and added this yeah i mean why would you if you were if that was done at the same time and you and you didn't flatten that then it's it's a lot harder to go in and flatten up to the edge you know unless Instead yeah, of doing seems all like the flattening flatten, before, you know? Yeah, it seems like you'd flatten this first before you put that there. So unless they intended for it to be sitting up abutted against rough, unflattened blocks, then I don't know. I'm just not sure. So the effect that this would create if you built the – if you had the casing stones rough, rough and pillowy, and then you built this pyramid temple also rough, and you fit those joints together – to the roughness of the of the casing stones when you come back and flatten it yeah and you're flattening into the temple part as well as into the casing stone part then you're going to end up with joints that go around go corners. around corners yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it really would be cool. a lot smoother that way yeah. yeah yeah and you would and you'd see that in their construction in many places so that was my initial but thought but do they ever here. flatten limestone like that yeah yeah no oh, they do okay oh yeah, yeah. um Usually it's obvious it's it's for the most part the stuff that's preserved is like the Tura limestone because it's harder. Yeah. Um but yes, absolutely. I mean the bent pyramid is a great example. Yeah. The flattened limestone on the on the bent pyramid. So yeah, that was my initial thought here is that these these connections were to look like the joints went around the corners. Okay. Uh but I, I like don't know. that. I like that, yeah. So yeah, I see what you're saying. If they would, if they would have come in later and and smoothed all this out, you would end up with a a cool sort of heterogeneous granite limestone line here. And yeah, and the place the, the places where the granite 
goes deeper in towards the pyramid, you would have the limestone block kind of go around a corner and the places where the granite was sticking out, the granite would go around the corner into the, into the temple. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I wonder since these, since they were to flatten this, you'd be removing 12, maybe 14 inches of granite. Most of the granite would just kind of, it would would stick out towards the, towards the limestone. It would look pretty cool. Yeah. That would be really interesting. It just never got done Mm. either way. It It didn't get completed. So this is from the inside of the temple at the pyramid. Yeah. And again, you can see this. This is evidence of sand erosion, you know, like this was filled with sand and the wind was blowing it up against here. Probably. I mean, we don't know, but that's that's what we were told most of the time here. Uh, What about water? What's that? What about water? Did that ever get flooded? I don't know. I the plateau, you're pretty high up. Yeah. See this way out here. This is Cairo. You're way above it. Whenever people asked Yusuf about this, you know, he would he would point out to the city and say, look how far above Cairo we are. And the Nile is down there, down at the bottom of Cairo. So, yeah, I mean, if you if it would have been flooded, it would have been hundreds and hundreds of feet. It would have had to the water would have. And that's not impossible. As we know, we all have seen Randall's stuff. It just, you know, did it happen while these structures were here? It's not clear. That's a good question. Looks like there's another one on the left there. Oh, yeah. Right here. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I've I've started to wonder about all these strange. Maybe I shouldn't even talk about this yet, but the, there's these square cuts. You yeah. can kind of see. Well, I'll point this out later. I think I mean, I think they were casing it. That's right. That's those were casing stones that are removed because this temple has some left. You see that see those square cuts. Here's one. Yeah, they look like all these small one. impressions into the limestone. Yeah. And anywhere where a limestone structure was cased, whether it be the ground, like when the, when the ground was tiled, even with other limestone. Yeah. That limestone has been removed and you're looking at the bedrock. The bedrock is a bunch of squarish depressions. Yeah, all of different depths. In different depths. Because they just, yeah, that's how they... But, the, of course, the tile floor top was flat. Yeah. But they would sink the stones into the bedrock at different depths and they'd be different shapes <laughs> you know just it's as just, hard as possible right just make it as difficult as possible so you see it in walls too and there's even another pyramid on on giza that we went to that has it's it's almost completely gone i think it's kent kawas pyramid oh yeah um what's left is the is the limestone bedrock just jutting up and they actually carved the limestone bedrock into a pyramid form the bottom of the pyramid yeah and then they built the rest of the pyramid on top of it and then cased it and so all of that is gone and you see this this limestone bedrock form that's got all these square and rectangular indentions and into the sides of it it's it's wild so this is where the temple's still skirted yes it's cased here right yeah and so again, you see a different style of making, and these are these are kind of I think these are like diorite. I'm not sure, but it's a it's a form of granite, very hard. It's got a lot of quartz crystal in it. The silica, uh, the silica inclusions. These you can see these. Uh, all this white material is like a quartz stuff. So this is a kind of a type of granite again, and it's got this interesting facing style where they. They did flatten the the middle of the block face, but they left the outside edges rough. 
And again, when you're, you know, when you're thinking about this, this is, this is a known style type. I've seen this in other places where that that's been done like this. There's blocks like this at Baalbek, which is very interesting. You know, this is a kind of masonry style where they, the block is rough, but they flatten a square or a rectangle out of the front face, but leave the outer edges not flat. Um, Stops them from getting those. chipped. That's right. It, it protects them, keeps them from getting chipped. And it's the same thing with the, the, the casing stones over the pyramid. The fact that they left them sort of pillowy or puffy like that protects what, you know, the, the intended face from being damaged during construction. Right. So once they flattened it out, that's the intended face. But if you've got 12 or 14 inches of stone over top of that until the very end of the job, then you've protected your, you know, your, your finished surface. Your finished yeah. surface. So like if, if Johnson's way up there and he drops a block and it goes rolling down the entire pyramid, but the, you know, but most of those blocks still have a bunch of material on top of them above the finished face, then the, the finished face isn't damaged. Johnson's fucking fired. <laughs> he would be fired if he did that. That's right. <laughs> Sacrificed. <laughs> That's the old kind of fire. That's right. That's how you do it in the old days. So again, this, you can see how these were kind of cut in here to face this. It's very interesting. So again, I wonder now there, there are some chisel marks here, but you can see how these blocks were sort of roughly that they're kind of roughly uh, fitting this limestone material. Now, I don't know. This is, this could be that this temple was art. Look at, look at how these on this side, down this hallway, this lower course of blocks here, some of them have been deeply set in, like they've cut out of this material here and other ones not so, not so deeply set. So I just wonder if somebody else came in after this temple was already old and then started casing it. You know, so again, this is this this we may be looking at multiple stages of construction with an unknown time period in between each stage. Once they were able to do what they could already do with limestone with harder rocks. Could be. Yeah, it could be. Is that. there a lot of this casing in this area here? Well, again, this is on Giza. So lots of Giza has casing stones on various places that look like it's very ancient, very eroded limestone that has been cased and stuff. After the erosion took place. But in this particular temple, it's just this hallway. Yeah, just this hallway. But again, remember we were out here in the in the wider area, and you can see these little square cuts. And I'm sure this granite was just quarry. Somebody took most of the casing stones. Stole them. So. So, okay. Let's lay out this timeline real quick before you leave that. So okay. the idea, the questions are, was the pyramid originally cased in granite? Uh, there's some ideas that it was granite part of the way up, and then it was Tura limestone the rest of the way. But the, the question is, was it initially cased in this harder stone, or was the pyramid already old when somebody decided to case it in the granite? The next question is, did they intend to flatten the whole thing? And then did the people that built the pyramid temple, which butts up against the pyramid, did that happen con like at the same time as the, as the building of the casing stones or did that come much later? Cause there, yeah. you could make the case that the pyramid temple was built much later after the people who were casing it put down their tools and never showed back up. That's right. However many thousands of years go by or hundreds. And then somebody builds the pyramid temple 
then they stop what they're doing enough for enough time for that limestone to get so eroded that then another group of people come along and start to case that in granite. Yeah. And then they put their tools down and then other people came and tore all that granite off again. So you, it's like everywhere you go here, you're faced with <laughs> this incredible like amount of time that things have been being built and torn down and rebuilt and eroded and then fixed and restored and eroded again. And so it's, it's hard to, to know, but trying to analyze it by looking at the building style seems like there, there may well have been at least two different phases. Yeah. Possibly three, possibly three and even possibly more than that. But, but you know, it comes down to the style and, and at least the tools necessary to do the types of jobs, especially with the hard granite. Yeah. So, yeah, I have wondered, you know, like when they were building these, this is the, uh, this is the great pyramid, by the way. Um, and where this picture is taken from on top of the basalt paving. So this is a, uh, this is basalt out in front of the, the great pyramid. And just look how flat and nice that, I mean, it's cracked and damaged, obviously, but look how flat that tile floor is, you know, made of basalt. It's a huge area. It's really it's- massive. Yeah. I wish, you know, like I was just thinking about this the other day who, you know, where else does your tile floor stay flat for 5,000 years? <laughs> These guys were good at what they did. But the question I've had is, you know, did, is, is it possible that the people who built the original core masonry of these pyramids actually just cased them in the same kind of limestone, but just nicely done, smoothly, you know, finished? But then that was just so eroded over time that somebody later came and just took all that material off there and then cased it in something harder. Because it does look like that in some cases. It's not, I mean, you know, it's, it's just a possibility. Again, we're speculating here. You can see in some of the limestone casing how eroded they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are pocked full of holes and yeah. just, I mean, uh, they're just devastated. Yeah. Still in place, but... Yeah, it looks like a creek's been running over them for a long time. Yeah. So this is what's interesting about this. Again, we're looking at this these tiles. Now, this is, again, this is basalt. So this is hard stuff. This is an igneous rock, unlike the limestone beneath it. Now, it's unclear what's going on down here, how much of this is modern repair. I think this is mortar. This looks like mortar to me. You know, and this probably does, too. This might be mortar. But these are limestone tiles down here. So, again, we're looking at, mul- at what looks like multiple stages of just tiling this area in front of the pyramid. You've got the bedrock below all this stuff where you can see, if you're walking around, you can see sockets in the bedrock for giant limestone tiles. And then those limestone tiles have been heavily eroded by time. And then somebody came along and put and installed like a basalt tiling on top of the eroded limestone tiles and fit the bottoms of the basalt tiles to the erosion of the limestone tiles just to make the job, you know, a lot harder. Like if you were going to retile something, normally you go in and peel up all the old tiles and put down new ones, you know, on a flat surface. Yeah, you get yourself a flat surface. Yeah. And, unless it's super easy to manipulate the, That's right. the surface of the yes. house. I'd be willing to bet that they laid all these blocks down in there and then they came along with some kind of planer and flattened the tops. Yeah. 
once they were already in place. Yeah. Just flattened it. But you still had to work those They surfaces. had to work all the mating Look surface, at these like the incredibly faces. irregular mating faces for these yeah. blocks. Yep. Yeah, it's insane. And like you said, it just it it seems like it was easy for them. Or at least they had a really good method. And here's a it. nice saw cut. Right? So again, we're looking at the side of the basalt tiling on top of heavily eroded limestone stuff. Some of this is bedrock. Some of these are big limestone tiles. And there's these saw cuts. You know, these anomalous cuts where you can actually see cutting grooves back in these horizontal cutting grooves in the stone. And sometimes you can see there's an actual radius. Sometimes not. Where, you're, where you start to imagine a really huge circular saw. Like really big. Like the radius is so slight that you're just like, what is this thing, like 30 meters yeah, across? The, and the thickness is still <laughs> only like a quarter yeah, of an inch. Right. <laughs> Which is interesting too, because wherever you find basalt, you can usually find overcuts yeah. in the basalt. Yeah. Not just in Giza, but all over Egypt, where you find where we were in Tanis, and and it was like, oh look, there's some basalt blocks over here. There's just a bunch of them laying around, and we start looking at them. Boom, saw cuts. Yeah, there's saw cuts, overcuts on them, where so, somebody cut a little too far. You know, a bunch and, of that stuff just, on the right there looks like grout. Yeah, yeah, that does look like mortar. Yeah, this or, looks or like ancient grout. Or what about ancient stuff that like looks like stone now? It could be. I mean, th so these are limestone tiles, right, down here. And they're socketed into the bedrock in, you know, in an irregular way. I just, I don't think that joint on the right there is, is uh, original. Mainly because this it here. looks like the bottom of the basalt is fractured, and they, they don't typically put, like, a broken rock in there. Yeah. It's possible that this is fractured so and then a modern, modern, fix, modern, think, modern mortar was stuck in there. Because, yeah, they're, they're trying to keep the place together. Yeah. They've done a lot of repairs to the outside of the pyramid. And they try to make it look like part of it yeah. as well. But, yeah, we don't know about that. So let me back this up here. <clears throat> this is a short video that Kyle took. You want to explain what you're so, doing here? Yeah, so this, these are two of the basalt tiles that are just on an island, basically, uh, left over. And they're still in place up against the bedrock. And they are still extremely <laughs> accurately flat with the rest of the uh, basalt tile floor. So I was just kind of yeah, trying this, to illustrate this is, it. You know, they're... they're Far separated from this area, which is the rest of the basalt floor, and Kyle was just showing how still accurate, how well they've been, yeah, they've been seated, set. You know? Yeah, so here we go. And it may not be very smooth playing, but yeah, let me stop it there. Yeah, it's not very smooth. It's nice and smooth on my laptop. Okay, there. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> Look how flat that is with the rest of the floor. See it? Yeah, that's crazy. You should have yeah. pushed it over. <laughs> <laughs> right there. Look at that. That's just amazing. 
I mean, it's really just a matter of time till those are knocked over. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. But yeah, it's just the point. But look at the rest of the floor. Just look how, I mean, look how beautiful that is, you know? How heavy are each of those rocks, you think? Oh, man. I'd say at least a ton, these ones right in front of me here. Jesus. Yeah, but that one, you know, that giant one over to the right jutting out there is probably two or three tons. Yeah, basalt is heavy. Could yeah. be more. I don't. I don't know. I. I just. The only thing I can base that on is rocks that I've uh, dug up and hauled around on the at the vineyard. I've. You know. I rented like a. I think I rented like an eight ton Skytrack giant forklift thing, and I was surprised at the rocks I could not pick up. I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> this is not even. Like this is tiny compared to the stuff we were looking at in in Egypt, and I can't pick it up with this eight ton <laughs> machine. Yeah, machine. eight ton lifting machine, <laughs> or maybe it was eight thousand pounds. So four tons. four tons. Okay, so <clears throat> real quick, we'll just take a look here at the uh, the Valley Temple. Damn, that's pretty smooth work. Yeah. So this one, this to me, uh, I think that this was probably a bunch of pillowy blocks the same way, but they finished the flattening job. And again, these people that were put, whoever was installing this granite was installing it over much older, already eroded, much uh, larger limestone core blocks. But yeah, just look at that. I just love this doorway and you know how these, these blocks are all irregular. And they've got these nice, beautiful inclusions of material. So again, you can see how they go around corners here. And there's this, this is a small version of what we were looking at over on Makare. There's a radius that goes all the way up these walls, all the way to the top. So it starts at the top, I think, start, you would think of it as starting at the top and goes all the way down. Like somebody, like... You put all the blocks in there, and they're all kind of rough on the inside faces. And then you get up on top of the wall, and you drill four holes where you want the corners to be. And then you come in with your planing machine and face the blocks until you get to those drill holes, and those become the corners. You see what I'm saying? And that's what makes some of the blocks go around the corners. That's how you'd core out a hole in the concrete nowadays. Yeah. Right, exactly. And that's what it looks like because it's... It, it would be one thing if they were just kind of sweep around the corner, but there's a clear, um, like horizontal striation in like the a three quarter inch, you know, uh, diameter circle. Yeah, right in that corner, and you can just see these striations. It looks like a a tube drill. Yeah, but it goes all, all the, way the way up. up. To the top, so it'd be like a massively long tube drill that somebody started from the very top of the wall and drilled all the way down. Yeah, and just look at this. Look at this monster right here. You know, uh, the, around the doorways, they would put these gigantic blocks. You know, and then there's just the one one, on the other one going too. across the top, and then there's this gigantic thing here. This is a huge block as well. And again, I'll point out in the back here, up at the top, is where you can see the remnants of the original limestone core masonry that this stuff is actually casing against on the inside. So here's what Kyle was talking about. You see this line, that white, this white, white line. line going down the corner all the way down. 
when you're there and you can walk up to this and look at it, it's it's really clear that that's that's just a continuous line that goes across the blocks all the way down like it was drilled from the top. Or like that was the edge of the machine. So here I'm, I'm here I'm just showing the precision of the joints. This is actually a three-way joint here. This this is a this is a horizontal join between these two blocks and then there's a vertical one here. And it's there's it's so finely done that you can barely see it. Uh and of course the granite itself is heavily eroded, which implies great age. Like how long does it take for granite like this to decompose like that? <laughs> because it used to be flat and smooth. It was probably shiny. They probably polished it. I mean, if, if uh, indications of other places in Egypt where they did work like this is that this, this surface was probably incredibly smooth to a glass well, finish. Well, there's, there's a granite pyramidion in the, uh, oh, yeah. in the museum that was on top of a pyramid. And yeah. it is a mirror surface yeah. of black granite. It's beautiful. Yeah. And to imagine that entire structure being at its final stage being just this black mirror in the <laughs> desert it's just yeah. like, it's so awesome well, it gives a whole different perspective perspective or perception of how advanced they were or how beautiful things were because we just think God. of them still as you know yeah as as sort of a rough i mean maybe not egypt so much but just a rough civilization but imagine if everything was all polished and shiny and fit perfectly together i mean it would be immaculate yeah yes. but look at this look at where these blocks are sitting against each other you can barely tell where the line is, it's right there. It's, that's just amazing. It's, it's so cleanly done that it looks like one block. Like the only way you would have been able to tell when it was, when it was new would be a discontinuity in, the, in, the, in all the various grains of the granite. There would be a, a line of discontinuity through the grains. That's just, I don't know. I find this just to be absolutely amazing. Here's another one. This is an outside corner, so... The the block joint goes along around here and then around the corner in this way, and you can see again how heavily eroded and degraded, decomposed this granite is. But look how finely finely these blocks are set against each other, and no mortar, you know, just polish them so perfectly that when you sit them down on top of each other, the joint is perfect. They're wrung together. Yeah, <laughs> you might not see that when you polish. Yeah, no, it. you might not see that. Yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, so there's a there's an interesting. Uh, thing it's called ringing something together and when you, and, and they use this in machine uh machining tools you can you can machine the surfaces of two pieces of metal two pieces of steel so precisely that you can you can stick the two flat surfaces together and or slide them together or turn them and they're wrung together they're they're stuck they, they will not yeah. you can't pull them apart the like surface, you can hang surface tension there that just yeah there's yeah. some kind of chemical uh, surface tension yeah you can hang hundreds of pounds <laughs> from these two pieces of metal and they will not come apart but you could twist them apart and slide them off of each other yeah so it's it's possible like our 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 friend Archer you guys have met Archer he's an engineer he's speculated that you could perhaps do this with granite as well you get the surfaces so flat that they are wrung together yeah which would just seal it, you know? Yeah. 
So it's just like trying to pick up a fucking quarter off the coffee table. Fucking cock. That's right. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be like they're not vibrated together or anything. They're just placed together. And well, if the metal surfaces are so smooth, oh yeah, yeah no, you can surface. do it with your hand. You can take the two and and just but almost like a magnet. just kind of you set them together and twist, and twist them, it. and it. And then you just can't get them apart. All you give it that little bit of friction heat, and then it just binds together. It's yeah. crazy. You have to slide them apart. Yeah, you can't pull them the two faces away from each other. <clears throat> so this is an example of where some of that granite that's casing this temple is butted up against the limestone core, and you can see how it's kind of built into this irregularity here. There are other places where you can see this better. I want to get better shots when I go back because there are places where you can tell where the the casing stone was put up against already kind of degraded or eroded limestone. So again, we may be looking at two stages of construction. That's the point. All right. So let's go. We were up here at Giza. We're going to go 300 miles up the Nile down south to the Osirian. So here's the Osirian, and you can see this is the temple of Seti I here. And it's got this interesting L shape. Most of these temples that were done like this, at least in other places, they were just long rectangles. The entire temple would just be a long rectangle, but this one has this interesting L shape. And the Osirian is here. Like it's it's it looks like the Osirian was in the way of the continuation of the temple, and they just kind of turned it to the left. So standard model says that Seti the first had this temple built and the Osirian was part of the temple complex and that his engineers built them both. But I'm more of the, you know, the alternative view is that Seti's engineers came out here and started digging for the digging the foundations for this temple and they found this. They found the Osirian under the ground, already ancient and buried. And that's why the temple goes around the corner here. And also this temple is made of sandstone. Yeah. For the most part. Um, sandstone and it's plastered and covered in writing. Right. Whereas the sandstone Assyrian, is much softer, much easier to work. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's not, I mean, it's, I, I don't know if I would call it megalithic in comparison to the Osirian. It's just not, Nearly as megalithic. It's beautiful. It is, but it just doesn't compare. And that's Cairo right on the right there, or some other city. Is that a city right there on the far right? Yeah, that's this is uh, this is down in Saqqara. Saqqara. Yeah, that's all like modern city. Yeah, yeah, this is all modern stuff. Yeah. So this is looking down into the Assyrian from above, and as you can see, it's way below the modern ground level. Like you can see, this is this is ground level out here, and this thing is way down in the ground, and it's incredibly ancient and also megalithic. It's like these blocks are are absolutely gigantic and enormous. And again, we'll see lots of signs of quarrying. People were stealing from this site for a long time, taking these granite, taking this granite. This it's at Abydos. Abydos. Sorry, that's right. The Serapeans in yeah. Saqqara, Abydos. There's another view down into it. This is modern. People have asked about this. What is this tunnel? This is a modern, like, sort of tourist entrance. You kind of walk through this thing, and then you come out into here. 
uh, and this is also modern, these stairs and stuff. And some of this, I think, is also modern, just to hold back the sand. This may not be, this might be a couple hundred years old, I'm not sure. But this has been dug out multiple times. But as you can see, it's so deep into the ground that the water table has filled it up. There are levels below this. This is just the top level. And there, I don't know. There may have been a level on top of this. It's completely gone now. It's not clear. But there might have been a pyramid on top of that. There could have been. There could have been. There's no sign of it now. Um, but yeah, this this is so deep down into the ground. This is it's 40 feet, 40 to 50 feet below ground level. So this is this is just groundwater in here, and there are rooms below this. So there's another floor below this, and I think maybe another one below that. There's at least one more level down. So that makes you wonder, you know, how, when was this built? Like, who was building it where they were building it underwater? Or would they have been building it in a time when the ground level, the groundwater was way, way, way lower? Like during way the lower. Ice Age. Yeah. SETI. What the fuck did you say? <laughs> Seti the first. Seti the first built it. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I bet you you're going to show us the footage of Seti the, the the temple, and it's probably going to be completely different looking than this. Yeah, we will we will uh, look at yeah. some temple examples. Yeah, but again, we're just talking about the groundwater here, and and it's it's you know the the Nile did used to go up and down. There was like the the dry season and the Nile floods, and the so the ground table the water table would go up and down, but not enough to completely empty out these rooms down here so the question just is like really if it was somebody during dynastic egypt periods where the nile flooding was a pretty regular thing going up and down why would seti have his engineers dig and build a structure that was so deep into the ground that they would be in the water during the building of the deepest levels all the time it just doesn't make any sense so here we are going into the entrance you can see these the enormity of some of these blocks. Now, I'm not sure when this was put here. I'm not, I don't think this doesn't look the same as the rest of the structure, although it is beautiful. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's um, a different type of stone there, yeah, too. Yeah, it's sandstone stuff. Yeah. So this is inside, down inside the structure. And you can see uh, this other tourist group up here that are very jealous. They didn't get here. as cool they, of a. They don't get to go down in here as we did. like we do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but again, look at the look, just look at the size of these megalithic blocks. You know, so again, we're looking at engineering where it's just like, are they just doing it in the most difficult way possible, or was this just easy for them? Because you know, you want to build a column, and you're just like, okay, I want a big column here, and just I want it to just be one block, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is easier if you can just make it happen yeah making it happen is the hard part <laughs> and in some cases these blocks may be socketed in to the floor so we'll we'll, we'll look That's at some what I of think. that i think you're actually looking in the previous picture at the the square hole there with the water in it was another socket yes we'll we'll get a there's a, multiple of them in a row right there yeah so there were blocks that were in those sockets. So this is a this is a more modern attempt at stealing some some stone here, and we'll see a lot of this later when we go to the quarry. But basically, this this technique is you take a hard chisel, probably steel or at least iron, you make some notches in the in the granite in a in a line, uh, and then you 
put either wooden wedges or metal wedges, whatever, into all those notches, and then you pound them in in a regular fashion. If they're metal, you just keep pounding them in until the rock breaks off. If they're wooden, which would be an older style of it, you pour water on them and the wood swells, and then it would split the rock. Right? So this is a more modern attempt, and they're basically just attempting to steal the corner of the block. And you can see this this failed, right? These guys didn't go down. You would want to go all the way down here to, to be able to break this whole corner off. Oh, and it they looks just, like it broke off right at the, like, about yeah, they just got the, there, yeah, they just got the top yeah, edge. They yeah. hammered those top couple of spikes in a little too hard and <laughs> just didn't get a clean break there. That's right. They're lucky that whole thing would have fallen on their head. I, I'm I'm wondering if the, sand, the sand was actually was, filled up all the way to the bottom of that yeah, cut. The sand was like up here somewhere, so they didn't even know how tall the block was. I would assume. But again, you can see and these this down here you can see some water lines on the block. So this the water has, you know, would come up and down at least up to there, maybe higher. Here again. And there's just there's lots of interesting stuff about this that we probably don't have time to go. We're already going long here, I think, but here's some graffiti. Graffiti. Khufu. <laughs> I think this might be Hellenistic. This Greek we came stuff. here on a snake boat. Yeah, <laughs> and found this cool thing. <laughs> Brothers of the Serpent was here. That's right. <laughs> was that you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Is that us? And then there's this one. I know a lot of people are interested in this. The Flower of Life is over here. I can't. There we go. See it right here. Oh, you can wow. kind of see it. But this is just this is just graffiti. This is this is like drawn in or something. It's ochre, I think. But again, you see the water lines from the raising and lowering of the water table here. So sometimes these pillars were underwater. And again, somebody was stealing the corners off of these upper blocks, quarrying them off there. Just look at that. Look how amazing that is. It's hard to convey this with pictures. When, we're, when, we, when we go in November, you guys are going to see when you're walking around in this thing. When you first walk into this temple and you see that first giant single uh, granite block column in front of you, it's just it, it's so absolutely enormous. It's hard to understand why somebody would try to do it this way. It's got to be 10 or 15 tons. Oh, Maybe it's, it's got to be more than it's more than that, I think. Yeah, I'd say they're about a hundred. Yeah, they might be a hundred tons or more. Yeah, based on the size of the uh, the Serapium boxes, yeah. they're about roughly the same size, about that size. Except you know, the Serapium boxes weigh about a hundred tons, and they're hollowed they're out. Hollow. <laughs> now, wouldn't that be interesting if these are hollow and they're full Ooh, of stuff? They might be boxes. <laughs> now they would have found that out already. Yeah. But yeah, look at this. Just look at the construction style. You know, okay, I want a column. It just needs to be one block. And then we're going to make, you know, the the, the beams across the column. Those also need to be one block per span. And then they would do the same thing in the ceiling. So this is not the ceiling. There would be ceiling, blo the roof blocks across the top of this. And those are also absolutely gigantic. Just huge slabs going across the top. It just doesn't leave a lot of room either, like, for openness there's you know like with using that those huge yes looks like there's not really a lot of room left like what are, what are you using yeah, that other space it's quite a difference in in the, that's one of the big contrasts with going into the temples versus coming into this place is the temples are gigantic 
they're open. I mean, and now in some cases, in certain parts of temples, the the columns are so enormous and they're so close together yeah. that you do feel crowded by the columns. Yeah, but they're covered in artwork, uh, and it's and you know the ceiling's so high up there. And then of course there are very wide open places within those yeah, temples. Yeah, huge courtyards it, or hypostyle halls, as they call them. It's so obvious that people are meant to be in those places, and then you come to this place, and it's just like, you feel like you're in the basement of some gigantic engineering something or other. It, yeah. I, I don't know. It's That's it's, right. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> you're like, And yeah. there's just not a lot of room to walk Where's around the these things, you know? What is the deal with these, with these, the, you know, the waters down in these tracks here? So it's just like, what, what is the purpose of this space? And here's here's a socket, right? So I, I'll try to point this out. It's kind of faint, but you can see this line where around the, where the column used to be. The column used to sit in this socket, and it probably had a six-inch lip, like a flange on it or something. Oh, it looks yeah, like, like a flange foot. That's set in this. Yes, and there's it's crazy. I don't know if I've got a picture of this in here, but some of these um on the on these blocks going across the top. They were also flanged in. There's like a, uh, I don't know what to call it. Almost like a keystone. Yeah, a keystone groove or whatever. And the block is slid into this on the top of that up there. It's nuts. Like, I don't know if I've got a picture of that in this. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it. It's over. It's over on this side of this. Anyway. Uh, get to the meat here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there's the ce- there's a couple of the ceiling blocks. These are the only ones three that are of them. three of them that are left. There's one of the hallways. Okay. So we'll compare. Here's some temple. You know, classic dynastic Egyptian temple. Every surface covered in glyphs, artwork, writing, pictures, sculptures. And the columns are stacks of column drum Yeah, they're stones. discs. Stacks of discs. Still would have been very difficult, but not nearly the same kind of work as what we're looking at in the Osirian here. Look at the difference. It just, it just doesn't even look like the same kind of building thinking. There's no it's writing. It's as far apart from. It's as far apart as possible. It's yeah, like, stylistically, it looks exactly. more like that would be the foundation for that other stuff. Yeah, that's a parkade. Yeah, but it's it's the other interesting thing about it is that the the work on this granite stone looks so similar to the to the work in the quarry and and, and yeah. Um, on Minkare or the the small pyramid. Yeah, so there's a there's a bunch of stuff I would point out here but we we need to move along here so let's let's get moving. Okay. This wall, this is one of the outer walls of the Osirian. And again, just like the the small pyramid we were looking at earlier, notice how the blocks here are they kind of kind of got a regular horizontal line but they're irregular otherwise. Uh and then they're also kind of pillowy. And then you see lots of vertical scooping marks. The, the, the time of day here, we were able to see this with the shadows. See these, the way it's like scooped or, or scraped or something. These blocks have this, a lot of vertical uh, tool marks on them. And then some very faint nubs possibly here. Some indents here and here. 
maybe this is two nubs or maybe this is a scoop out of this block. I don't know. But again, you just kind of see, you can kind of just see hints of tool marks. It just looks like it was soft these. and somebody went at it with a butter knife and just yeah. was like, let's shave it real quick. Yeah. It just has that look about it. That's soft. It does look. It's or it's granite. the butter knife they use to get it out of the quarry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But here somebody was actually being really careful with the butter knife and actually making it flat. So this is that same wall. But from this picture, I'm looking, I'm turning to the right. So this is underneath the three remaining ceiling blocks here, roof blocks up here. And somebody was coming along and flattening this wall to a fine finish here, a flat face. And you can just see where the tool was stopping. You know, it, it looks to have had at least, you know, some kind of width here. And they were just, you know, you'd scrape down and stop, scrape down and stop, scrape down and stop, scrape down and stop. And you're, and you're kind of going along. This goes all the way to the corner. Look at that. It's got, and they were removing several inches of stone here at the least, maybe three or four inches at, at least. Scrape, 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 and making this beautiful flat surface like they had already done to the ceiling. And it's obvious they don't care how far down they go. Just as, It's like painting. Yeah. You know, like you're painting with a roller down from the ceiling. You're not really concerned with where you're stopping because you know you're going to come down the ladder and keep painting and keep further painting down. further down, yeah. And when you're doing this kind of finish work, you start at the top and work your way down. Yeah. Just like you do with painting. You know, you start in the top of the corner and you paint and you go all the way across the top and then you come back and you do the next layer down. And for whatever reason, they were doing this with this, this wall and they got to here and they stopped and they never came back and finished the job. So again, we have an indication just like over at the pyramid that somebody was in the process of flattening granite, granite with some kind of tool that it looks like it was just easy. And they intended to do it to this entire wall and they didn't finish the job. And this is the kind of thing, you know, if you're painting and you get that done and it's like five o'clock and you're like, all right, well, you know, you put your tools down in the corner or whatever you like, lay, maybe you lay your ladder down and then you go home, you know, you have a beer, you pass out and then the entire world ends and you never go back to work and your tools just sit there and the job never gets finished. Because how else would this happen? You know, I know a couple of jobs around town that might end up like this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it could. I mean, it could have been more catastrophic than that. I mean, it could have been like you know, you're fucking dropping your brush and running out of there because of uh, some sort of huge event. Yeah, maybe the guy who was doing this died in here. Maybe yeah. you don't get paid. Yeah, yeah, you don't get paid when you die. You, or you're, right. maybe your paychecks just you stop getting paid. Everyone's just like, what the fuck, man? The money's run out. Oh, well, the that's food's run point. out. Yeah. The grain, there's, you know. Yeah. The financial crisis of 5,000 BC. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm what done with this shit. <laughs> but again, it's the just first so union strike. And they yeah, switched over so, to slaves. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's so similar to the to the to the pyramid, and, and how there's this flattened face, which implies this one implies it much more than that over the pyramid. You could argue that that's that surface over at the pyramid. Maybe that's all. That's the only part they intended to flatten and they were just going to leave it that way. But this really looks like a job that was in the middle of being worked on that just didn't get completed. Yeah. And it's also, you know, when you look at the pyramid in context with the pyramid temples, uh, the, the, um, what is the 
temple there that has all the flattened granite inside it. I just forgot the name. The one you showed pictures of. Anyway. Oh, the Valley Temple. The Valley Temple in, in Giza. It's all flattened. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I, I, I bet that those rocks started out pillowy, right? I mean, yep. you can just see by the way the joints in the corners work. If you zoom in on this corner here yeah. at the top, you can see that that block on the top left of the corner went around the corner by four to six inches to the right. Right here. So it was pillowy out there. And you can there. see the irregularity of this, of this joint, right? Like, oh, yeah, and it yeah, used yeah. to be pillowy here, but they just carved in three or four inches, like Kyle says, and that makes this block go around the corner. Right. So it's like you see that when you see that in a corner, you know that, that, that when they were stacking it up, those blocks were sticking out that far. Right. Yeah. That's how much material they removed from the block. And and we know that like there wouldn't really be any easy way to do that nowadays, right? Like whatever kind of hilti no. mm-hmm. tool or saw or blade or or no. chemicals doing it in, or doing like, it in and, place and, like this, no. Yeah, yeah, trying to do it in place and make that fine fine you know nice corner, corner yeah. is going to be very difficult. It's yeah. going to take special tools. Now, can we build tools to do this? Yes. Yeah, we we surely can. We don't. I don't think that we have industrial sized tools to do this kind of thing because we just don't build that way. It's not that we're incapable. It's just that that's, we don't do it's, this. It's also just ridiculous amount of work to grind. It is. If, yeah. we, if we had to physically mechanically grind off three inches, uh, five, three to 12 inches. I mean, there's no, it'd just be ridiculous. Right. right? Well, you yeah. can, you can imagine that our technologically advanced civilization could, could build the machines that could do this. I believe that we can do that. We just don't have, a reason to do it so it begs the question what was their reason to do this yeah i also just want to point out i want to point out this is a nub the remnants of a nub and it was clearly in the process of being planed off here so i really this to me is is a good indication that most of these nubs were construction related you can see the edge of the nub that goes up into the carved away part. Yeah. It looks yeah. pretend. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. It looks like CGI. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm. Looks fake, Darren. It's fake. You guys didn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a video here. This is just me looking at this wall again. Like the videos don't come through very well. It's a it's a series of pictures. <laughs> yeah, it's just a series of photos. I probably just shouldn't even play it. Well, I can send these to you guys, and you can add them in post. Post ah. <laughs> in what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just skip that. It's pointless. Definitely not with video. Look at the way all the doors are like relief cut too. Yeah. And they, yes, they cut and they, I like how they cut up into the, yeah, I bet you they used to be like the block above goes around the corner. I would like to point out that these small rocks, this, the small blocks there in the corners, I think, uh, uh, so we saw many of these in outside corners where they do not go go back to those. I skipped them. They clearly do not go all the way through the course of the block. They're there, in my opinion, to repair a busted corner that was going to be. Again, if you're going to flatten the face, you don't want any voids, right? You don't want anything that's that's going to leave a hole in your flattened surface. So if you no, know, by the that, time you flatten that, you won't even see it. By the time you right. flatten and polish it, it'll just disappear. That's right. Yeah. That block was to fix a busted corner. 
So they put this, they beautifully fitted this tiny little block in there. And later when they come and flatten it, you won't see it. Right. And so if you go back to the other picture, you'll see a couple of... There's this one. That's a beautiful one right there. And you can see somebody already shaped that one a little bit. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's a finished surface for the inside of these little outcomes. But alcoves. again, they we were probably know. repairing damage to the, this corner of this block. Right. There they was a gouge out of it. They and, fit this in there, and then they've started to finish it, and it's just beautiful. Go back to the other one. Um, oh, in the video? So I used to think, before I went and saw these, that... They're right um, here. No, there's two right there. Just oh. uh, that, that these blocks, I, in my mind, I imagined them like going all the way through the wall. They don't. They may be, you know, four or five inches thick, in, uh, deep into the wall. Yeah, they're just intended to fill those voids that were either damaged or... It's a facade. Yeah. To huh. create that flat surface when they're done. Which is awesome. I mean, it's just a, it's a, an, a great way to do it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, from the Osirian, hear it. Abydos, right? Was it Abydos? That's right. We're gonna go another two hundred miles up the Nile, down south <clears throat> to Aswan, the quarry. So here's an overhead view from Google Earth of the quarry, and you can see this. Th look at this thing. <laughs> this is the unfinished obelisk sitting in there. This is the main draw for this quarry, but this whole granite outcrop here at Aswan was the main source. For most, for much of the old kingdom structures that we've been looking at, you know, or these the Osirian or whatever, that's that's got granite from this place, uh, the the pyramids or whatever. So this is probably where they got some of it, at least. <clears throat> so this is us standing in the, I guess what they they said this used to be where the Nile would flood in, right? So during the Nile flooding season, the water would come up to this level somewhere in here and they could bring in boats and then load stones onto it and get it out in the river. That's what they say. Do you buy it? I mean, I, you could do it that way. I just don't think you could lift. I mean, what kind I mean, of, boat? I'll, I'll buy it for, for some of the later stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So here about that unfinished pretty ton to put a 150 ton block on a boat, man. Yeah. A boat made of reeds? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here, this is a section of the quarry where there's lots of... The, so this is the more modern... I mean, it's still ancient. This is still an ancient style of quarrying. But what I'm thinking of, or I refer to as the more modern stuff, because the, it's the, the anomalous scooping that I think of as the incredibly ancient stuff. So this, this again, is where you you make bunch of a bunch of divots with... Iron or steel chisels. Yeah, they're cutting in from the right side. Yeah, they're, they're cutting, cutting to the, the left side, towards the left. You know, and, and what they're doing is breaking this surface off. So they're getting they got a big block off here, or multiple blocks, or one long one for an obelisk, maybe all the way down. And that's a good clean break. So whoever was doing this, they knew what they were doing, right? They got a nice clean break across here. But you can see it's rough, right? And it's it breaks along the, the along the fractured areas of the grain of the granite it just puts enough uh pressure on it to to break it that way and then over here they were breaking this one off and over here they were breaking more off of these areas possibly down or up whatever but you can just see lots of these these this kind of uh regular divot marks like that is that that style of quarrying with the wedges and the chisels right here 
Where's that obelisk? Oh, we'll get to it. There's some chisel marks in the quarry. But then there's stuff like this. Where it doesn't look like those chisel marks. This is something else. These strange square-ish... Anti-pillows. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) anti-pillows. And it looks really like the way they smooth off the off the pillows. Yes, it has yes, the same is, scoopy sort of... You're recognizing this, it's like there's a tool yes, that is common to all these sites that they're using. It, does, it has the same effect. Right. There's more of them. There's some large ones. Lar- very large ones. Some of these kind of stair-step down. I think this is, I'm actually looking down a slope here. So on this picture, now I'm looking back up it. See how they, they scoop and the scoops are very wide, like maybe 18 inches. So I think that there was probably a giant piece of stone on top of those, where those scoops, because those are probably the underside of some. Yeah. Where they were maybe cutting over underneath here. a giant block. Yeah. And it's a maybe that's why all those ones look so pillowy. Excavating compared to finishing. Yes, it's rougher, right? It's like you're using a big excavator. So do you think those yeah. would be the opposite side of some of those scoop marks you see on the other ones? Yeah, they could that be. Are already yeah. in place? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, this is the anti-pillow from the pillowy block? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Could be. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense, though. It I mean, does. it's just that's yep. exactly the way. That's the outside. That's the negative. That, that yeah. right that sits against that little scoop mark is the outside pillow that you're looking right. at. Right. Yeah, mean, that's right. That's right. Bring out the pillow excavator. <laughs> <laughs> Here's more. <laughs> and here it's you can see them again. These scoops along this, and there's an interesting. Uh, like a kind of discontinuity in the granite here. So maybe they were getting this block and they had cut down to this area to, to find this spot. I don't know, but you can see them all along this. You just, it's just interesting to, to kind of go through here and, and try to put yourself into the minds of the quarry workers or the, the, constru- the people who are doing the construction or the architect or whatever at all these sites. And a lot of times, like I said before, you have to look through thousands of years of cultural occupation all the way up to the modern day of people modifying things and adding things and removing things and, you know, trying to fix stuff. So, like, when we're looking at the basalt pavement, we're like, is that modern mortar? Or is that ancient mortar? We don't know. But again, you're trying to put yourself in the minds of the people who did this. And you don't know how much of this, you know, what, what's, what's missing from this picture that we're looking at here. Here's more scoop mark. And this is the other thing you'll notice on these large areas. Like, this is the same... This is part of this same area, but you can see how the scoop actually goes up. Let me do a closer one here. It goes up and just goes all the way up the wall in a continuous line. All of these do this. It's hard to see in this picture. It's rather faint, but no, no, no. You can see it. Yeah. 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 I can see it all the way. All like, the way so what, along. So, yeah. so what kind of tool can do that? Where it's, it just goes all the way down this wall of granite and then around a corner. Yeah, it's like the guy with the uh, with the paint roller granite scraper offer thing down <laughs> yeah. in the Syrian. Yeah. He had he had the fine tool with the nice sharp edge that gives you the clean flat surface, and the yeah. guy in the quarry has the same kind of tool, 
but it's all rounded because he just it's he's just, just been yeah he's been using he's, it for, he's been forever. tearing through so much granite that the edge of the tools all rounded they don't care yeah they just need to get the, they just they need, need to get, get the, the giant block yeah. out of there with you gotta all the get it before the fucking cat cataclysm happens <laughs> <laughs> so i mean what what do they say about that that last pitcher is very very i mean that's probably one of the most important pitchers Dude, i the, think like the, what do they say that is mainstream yeah, they when you come to the quarry they put you through a little indoctrination session where you sit down and watch a video <laughs> yeah where you they tell you that they this. that they excavated all this stuff with these little diorite pounding balls oh yeah right, right. by hand the diorite pounding balls so this is dolerite. like a, something like this that. dolerite <laughs> i'm sorry did i say diorite yeah dolerite. Dolerite. So, this, yeah. so this is like a, a ball that came down so you sit there with this with this like cantaloupe sized hard green Dolerite stone that's a little bit harder than granite, yeah. you know, from five to forty-five years old. And you're you just, doing that one scoop, and you just <laughs> pound on it <laughs> all your your whole life, your entire life. that one scoop. <laughs> <laughs> Not allowed to switch over to old Johnny's scoop. That's spot. right. This is this you is your scoop, your Graham. Scoop. Stay in your freaking scoop every day. Here's more of yeah, it. Yeah. So in other words, the standard. They, they don't talk about this stuff. Right. They have their story and that, and they don't need to look at it anymore. Yeah. These are really beautifully illustrated scoops. And there's kind of a, an interesting, you'll notice this as you, as the scoops go down, they kind of, they're kind of changing direction in a way that makes you wonder if there was a rotating radius to the tool. Right. That that if you maybe if you analyze the angles of these cuts as they go along here, that you could if you could figure out what's happening with the tool, you could identify a center somewhere. I don't know, but it's it's interesting how they change angles as they as it goes along this line, which makes you think of some kind of extension arm that's got the tool at the end of it doing the work and turning and turning and turning. And that's making the angel angle change. We saw this in a couple of places. Then you have these. <laughs> Test pits is what they're called. <clears throat> the idea here is that the quarry, the quarry people wanted to dig down deep to see what the quality of the stone was before they started excavating a giant block. Because you don't want to do a whole bunch of work on a giant massive yeah, obelisk which makes sense yeah it's just yeah. How, how they got down there yeah. It, yeah the question is is how do they dig this pit doing that pounding you know thing with the with the balls with the dolerite balls like this is probably 30 feet deep i mean there some of them are are full of material you know but a lot of them are very very deep there's another one okay so now we're going to look at this this thing the unfinished obelisk. And here it is. Again, this is one of those deals where I have to say it's impossible to show you the unbelievably enormous size of this thing using photographs. But it can kind of give you an idea if you just look at Yusuf back here, who's a big guy. <laughs> He's at the other end of the obelisk. You know, so that can kind of give you an idea of the scale of this thing. It's ridiculously enormous. And again, you'll see all along the face of it here. Now, they've whoever was cutting this out has already done a really nice job of getting some sharp edges. The edges are beveled, 
Like they knew what they were doing. They didn't make these perfectly sharp. There's bevels on there. But you can see these same sort of grid mark of scoops all around it and all out here where they were sort of excavating the rock around it. Yeah, and you you, and you can't then, see them very well in this photo, but they are they completely cover the entire surface. Yeah, and then Johnson cracked the corner. Like, <laughs> Give it up! God dang That's it! That's it. Yeah. It's over. Done. Get go home. You're out of here. Well, that is the story. The standard model story is that they were excavating this obelisk, and it was going to be the biggest obelisk ever that anybody had ever made ever. <laughs> and then they found a crack in the stone, and they just quit. And like, I, you know, I, I'm glad all that Graham, waste of time. I mean, all that time you do and you just leave that. You're not going to use it for anything else. Right. That's ex- yes. I'm yes. I'm glad you're laughing because nope. that's the point. You can't get any just, small boxes out of that. <laughs> no, no blocks. Sorry. That was going to be an obelisk. It's it. If it's if it can't be an obelisk, it can't be anything else. Graham, we have to make an example, an example out of Johnson. <laughs> leave right. that there. Leave it there forever. <laughs> So I just got a bunch of pictures of this thing from different angles. Just look how massive it is. Yeah, you can see all the scoop scoop marks. On yeah, and see how they beveled this edge here, right? So right. that it wouldn't. Yeah. So the other thing that I I think about all these, you know, the biggest moai, the biggest obelisks, they're all left in the quarry. Blah blah blah. But it it may not be true for the moai, but for this, I you know, now that we've looked at these other the way that they work this granite and they make them large and then they plane them down once they get to the job you can imagine that inside this obelisk shaped block is the actual finished obelisk yeah 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 it could be much smaller up to a foot yeah oh yeah off of each side yeah so it could be a much smaller mass. Like, well, it's already got to be like, it's already got to be half of that chamfer already, right? I mean, you know, on each yeah. side. So it could be a bunch of columns. Well, it's, it's, they were already making an obelisk shape. It was it's got tapered. a taper. Oh, it's it? got, a, it's it? got a tip at the, at the top. Yeah. Here's the front. See, they were already making it, you know, kind of obelisky. And here, here's a test pit, right? So again, somebody had, Either dug they dug down after making this trough, but I think they probably dug down before, before they, they even the started. They dug way down there to see the quality of the granite, which is this kind of makes me doubt the whole like it got cracked or they they found a crack in it thing. I just I'm not sure they were they knew these guys knew what they were doing. It's I, like there was an earthquake. That yeah, cracked an earthquake or a cataclysm. Again, this is the an earthquake. Is, yeah, the earthquake is what made them all put down their tools and leave. <laughs> That's right. And again, look at all the scoops, and this is tough to see on this, but these these scoops will will go around this corner, down the wall, across the bottom of the trench down here, up the side of the obelisk, and across the top, and down the side, and again around and up the top. You know, it's a there is a, almost a sort of a continuous grid of these lines. And you can see how it's sort of grid-like over here. And you can just follow these lines from here. It'll go in. It goes around the corner here, down the side, across the bottom, up the top, across the top of the obelisk, down the side. And it's crazy. And down here, you see them. It goes across the bottom of the trench, oh my God. up it's the side so of the obelisk, obvious. and then I down mean, the entire thing. It's so obvious. I mean, you guys are really just showing something spectacular here in, in general with all these different things. Like, I cannot believe this isn't part of you know what we learn in school i mean it it just seems 
Yeah. Has anybody like, I don't know. I haven't really seen anybody else put this kind of theme together. It's, it's just us, buddy. <laughs> it's awesome. Very, you know, honestly, it just seems fantastic. And Ben, of course, Ben from Uncharted X. We yeah, yeah, we we'll give Ben he talks ben, a lot about the tool yeah, marks too. But yeah, 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 for sure. But the way it's just the way you guys have put together the whole thing of, of this theme of just unfinished. Yeah, the glypho well, shills are after redemption. What's that? The glypho shills. <laughs> <laughs> Big egg in the house, people. Big egg. Yeah, I don't know if we could trust him. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so again, we're looking at the tip. This would be would have been the front of the obelisk. So they were already making it pointed here. But like Kyle said, you can imagine that there's there's just a lot of ex- extra material on here that that once they got it. And now think about that. It, it's also really interesting because you have to move it with all that extra material up to a yeah, foot of material so, on all sides. So that's it's like they didn't have a problem with that. That's tons and tons and tons, like literal tons of granite that. You are moving to to the site to remove what when it went once it's there. Well, words, I mean, it makes you if they can just scoop that out like it's butter, then it's probably the same, the, the same technology to just scoop it up. I mean, and right. move it. I mean, if if you can, whatever they're doing to the structure, molecular structure of it. Look at that! How do you think they were planning to pick that thing up? <laughs> no, they don't pick it up. I mean, <laughs> Darren. You do heavy construction. What do you think? They were just going to roll it on some. Uh... <laughs> it's also, this is the other interesting thing. It's at this angle. It isn't flat, right? It's tilted in it's the quarry. It's tilted in the quarry. It's got this, it's got this tilt. It's very like, steep. Look at that. I'm looking up, standing at the base of it, looking up. Maybe that was to help tip looking it up, down. but they were just going to walk it over. Yeah, and that's the other thing is it's way above where the... You know, you would have to get it down multiple levels of this rough. Like, there's no obvious path. I would love to see this happen. Yeah, I mean, like, I just there's I no, just wish I could just see like the builders, like, all right, yeah, let's get it, get out, it out, out of here. Because look, there's no obvious path. There's just it, where are you going to take it to get well, it like, down? Like maybe if it's tilted, maybe they they do once they detach the whole thing, they tilt it. It's easier to tilt up from instead of from a ninety degree sitting position. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're doing it from you're gonna stand 60 it up degree and, then, and then what? And then, <laughs> and then just roll it know, down the hill. Dance it around, roll it around. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's there you need a flat or you need some kind of roadway. No, it's the same is, technology. It's this it's the same technology they're using that's disintegrating this stone, right? Yeah, it's it, whatever it was is I feel like is anomalous. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an anomalous technology. Whatever yeah, they're using yeah. to to do all this, they're using it to move it. I they didn't care obstructions that, yeah. obstructions were not a they didn't a care that there wasn't a path. This is another common theme around the world with these with this anomalous kind of stonework is there doesn't seem to be like actual obvious roadways where they were moving enormous blocks. The blocks are just sitting in the mountains with no path from the quarry or to the site. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't care. They didn't care. There's a look down the trench. And again, you can see the scoops all the way down. Huh? Okay, so we weren't allowed while we were at the time we were there to go down inside these, but there's a couple of other places where this same tech was being used. This same technique was being used to carve out other gigantic blocks of stone for, and it's not clear what they were going to be. Yeah, this one is a very odd shape. It yeah, like very it strange. Been, it could have been 
um, the beginning of like one of those giant statues. Yes. Because it looked more like a sort of pillowy head and shoulders shape or something. I don't know. Yeah. Still, they're absolutely gigantic. Yeah. And the work was being done again with the same tool, scooping out, going down the side, and then actually down and underneath the, the, the stone and back out. We'll, I'll kind of go around and show you. <clears throat> so you can see how the scoops go, right? and they go down this wall, and they go across the bottom of the trench here, and actually underneath this is so this would be the the block the, or the thing that they were trying to get the work. It goes underneath it, and then around the underside of the block, and then back up the side of the block face. So again, you can see how these lines are continuing. What kind of stone is that there? It's all granite. This is all in this granite quarry at at Aswan. Oh, yeah, right. It's still that quarry, yeah. Yeah, Um, this is the same granite we've been looking at on Giza. Yeah. And again, just another huge, massive block left there, right? Right. Again, just unfinished. Unfinished, yeah. So look at this. The scoops go around the bottom. They go down across the bottom of the trench and around and up underneath the block and then up. Look at this. Look at that. So how would you even do this? So again, you can see you follow the line down. It goes across the bottom of the trench, up underneath the work, and then around the top, and then up the side of the block. And like, what happens to all that that material you're removing? I mean, it's yeah, a where lot does it of go? material where you're removing. Like, yeah. how do you just transport that out of there? Like, I, yeah, that's, that's a look at that size of a person right there. If you're doing yeah. that. it's yep. a mountain of material. I don't tons. Yeah. And and you know, none of the there is no model that yeah. really deals with the amount of dust that would be caused by by grinding away. Even if it was the dolerite pounding stones, they don't. They're how are they dealing with this dust? How are they dealing with all of the mountains of material? Uh, it's just not really dealt with. I would think I if you were doing this with big machines that could just chew through the granite, you would be flushing it constantly. Flushing somehow. it or vacuuming it out. Yeah, or vacuuming it's just coming out, out yeah. or it's just being removed the same way they removed the block itself. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah just floated out of there. Yeah. Just transmutated into air. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's enough of the quarry. Uh, now, now we're going to move to uh, back up close to Giza. We're going to go to Saqqara and the Serapium. More uh, unfinished work here. The Serapium... How much time we got? Oh, I don't know. We, we good? We good on time, we're, guys? We're, we're good, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Darren's falling asleep back there. No, we're good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're, we're getting close. So the, Again, the Serapium, not much to look at on the surface, just a hole in the ground. But in that hole are these amazing boxes. So we're gonna, I'm going to kind of go through a bunch of pictures of these things. There's a bunch of them in there. 24? I think so, yeah. Um, as you're looking at these, it's, keep in mind that it's tough to understand the scale. But basically, you can walk underneath yeah, that lid. If you were standing down here, you w- your head wouldn't touch the bottom of the lid. And again, note the scooping. You can see somebody back there. That's me. Yeah, that's Kyle back there. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. (laughs) (laughs) Now, it's interesting. There's a bunch of interesting things about these boxes. I'll point out real quick. They were, it's like they were, they were, again, they're going for this clean, sharp lined prism shape for the lid and then sharp lined, you know, box for the, for the, 
for the bottom part, but they were also scooping material out of the lid after they got this prism shape. And then they would just, after they scoop this stuff out, they polish the whole thing to a mirror shine. Even these scoops are polished. Has the same polish in them as the rest of the box. It See reminds me. Right it reminds now. me of. It reminds me of. Um, uh, uh, what do you call it when you when you when you spin a, a flywheel or a, a disc um, and you and you you balance you balance it. It's like you balance it and then you scoop little marks out to to make sure the weight. Oh is yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Right. You're balancing it. Yeah. 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 Some speculation is that is that th- there were scooping flaws out of the material like once they had cut cut it to to the that prism shape that they like they would see like little cracks in these areas and they would just scoop the cracks out until they were gone which makes you wonder why would you do that you know like if it's just going to sit there that crack is because if the crack if breaks off then it's a rough surface then it ruins some sort of surface tension or surface well, if you, sort of if you expect it if you expect it to undergo some kind of movement then you don't want those cracks to expand but if it's just going to sit there like the standard model says that these were tombs that these were special uh sarcophagi for the bar- the ritual burial of the apis bulls that they would do once every 20 years or something like that right now they're they're absolutely gigantic but like if you're just going to put a bull in there and then close it why are you scooping all this extra material? In other words, making more work for yourself once you've cut that prism shape. I, I often compare it to um, pr- repairing a cymbal for like a drum set. Ah. So um, when cymbals get cracks in them, if you don't like the way to fix it is to drill a hole through the cymbal at the top of the crack. Yeah. Yeah. So the crack stops there. So you've, way, yeah. yeah, you've gotten rid of that crack because if you keep using the symbol, the crack's going to just keep going. Keep so it's splitting, like, yeah. You're, you're, yeah. when you're vibrating that, that, you know, piece of that object, it's just continuing to break the crack. So the idea of scooping out cracks or imperfections in the, in the exterior of the stone kind of might suggest that they were expecting it to have a lot of mechanical energy acting against it like vibration or whatever i don't know the other uh idea that, i mean some people say that they were tuning them yeah. which you know tuning. again using a symbol vibration. as an example like the hammering and the divots in the symbols are a tuning mechanism so tu- it's like it's like a way to tune a symbol so again you can see big scoops taken out another thing i like to point out in this one is this beautiful uh layer of I guess this is higher silicate material in the granite. And then this is something I've noticed recently when I'm going through these. Like, what is this, like, row of... There's two rows of... Uh, they're preparing to uh, make a carving into that. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's a little fuzzy. Yeah. But yeah, you can see how they, they took a big scoop out of the side of this right here. Yeah, yeah, maybe that one's older. It's beat to shit already. What's that? That's one of the older ones. They already got it beat to shit. <laughs> yeah. I just, they're so beautiful. It's unbelievable yeah. they, how beautiful they're covered they are. in dust. Yeah. So that's why they look. Yeah. Kyle was great. talking about we need to go in there with We got to bring a, a roll of paper towels <laughs> and some Windex, man. Windex. <laughs> and polish these babies up. Why don't they keep them? Why don't they keep some of them clean? I don't get it. Uh, they put all the steel, uh, 
structure around it's it? It's probably dusty as fuck in there, bro. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> there is one that they keep clean. Okay. Keep there's there's clean. Kyle, Kyle inspecting some scoops right off the edge here. Now you can kind of, that sort of gives you a picture of the scale. Look at that lid. Look how big that thing is. Look at the footprints on it. Yeah. Has anybody done any work on measuring the like the dimensions of that weird shape as far as resonance or anything like that goes? Or music? I mean, it's, hard, I it's hard to do science in Egypt. They don't like it. You're like when we go, you'll you'll hear Yusuf will give this talk at the beginning of the tour. He's like, "We're tourists. I know we're all here to do science on this on these sites, but it's that's actually against the rules, right?" So you're not allowed to do science. So Yusuf will have things that he'll say, he'll shout it, and then everybody has to start looking like a tourist and stop doing science stuff. Because <laughs> you'll get in trouble, and we'll all get kicked out. Here's Forever. another giant scoop taken out of here. But again, it's polished. So it's like they didn't, they didn't particularly care. They were aiming for this prism shape for the lids, but they didn't particularly care about what the outside looked like. It was more like they were concerned with the inside of these boxes, more concerned with them than the outside. Is there a shape on the inside? Is it car? Is it blo- Is it flat? The bottom of the yeah, lid flat, or is it yes, carved up? No, it's it's flat. It's flat. Now, in huh. some cases, the lids have a a lip that steps down. Yep. Uh, and the box, the top of the box, will have a, a corresponding lip. You know, the where they kind of like when they. When the lid fits on perfectly, it falls down inside. God, would make it impossible to open. <laughs> yeah. But most of them are just flat. Yeah. And you can see on the bottom where it's been chipped away by people. Obviously, at some Prying point, it came it. along, yeah. pried it open. And this one's got the, a big, a whole section of the front cut off, which is interesting. But again, polished after the cut. So you see it here. So rather than looking like that, it's been cut off like that. I just love like the the irregularity of it and and the fact that it's so beautifully done. Yeah, irregularly. So there's like Kyle scoops and walking beneath one of them. That gives you an idea of scale <laughs> how giant these things are. And you can see that the bottom of the box itself is just sort of like the bottom corner is just kind of cut yep. in, like oh that that. That material's no good. Just cut it off. Yeah. You know, the the thickness of the walls of these boxes is like over a foot, I think. Yeah. I mean, they're incredibly thick. So, yeah, you can take material off the outside if it's imperfect. So this is the one that they keep more or less clean. I mean, it's still not yeah, the top really is polished. Dusty. Yeah. You're right, Darren. We got it. We're, we're bringing some paper towels <laughs> and some Windex. <laughs> the reason they and so this, there's a floor down here, right? They built a floor and there's some stairs and you can come down here. And the reason why they let you go down and look at this one is because there's graffiti on it. Because it fits the, this is the one that they base everything on. Yeah, they, this, this is, I mean, they don't think it's graffiti. They think that this writing or this, these glyphs, this square of, of writing and glyphs here is contemporary with the construction of the boxes itself. When do they say this was made? Uh, these would all be New Kingdom things. I'm not sure exactly. I should look the idea up. here is that they've carved all this stuff into the outside. Some priest like prepared this box. It's got the cartouche carved in without a name written inside. And so 
it's like we're going to prepare the box and then we're going to sell it, like sell the use of the box to some noble person or yeah. wealthy get person. Your name carved get into your the box. Na- name carved into the cartouche and this box will be dedicated to you and blah, blah, blah. That's kind of the story that, you know, uh, maybe maybe that's what was going on. But but and was this- that by the people who built it or just by people who were you know trying to make a racket this is an unfinished lid sitting in one of the alcoves just sitting on the floor so you can see this is not polished but it's it's ready to go right it's it's it was in the process of being moved into the tunnels and put in place it's corresponding boxes in a different tunnel and you can see all these things like people ask about what are these these were probably carved out by by the priests that inhabited this area and these were like votive things that you would put a little plaque in there that had somebody's name on it, you know, candles sit in there. I don't know. This is a different style of lid. This might actually be dynastic. Yeah. You can tell the work on this is just, yeah, it's a different kind of stone too. looks like they're hitting it with a hammer and chisel. Yeah. There's Kyle standing on one of the, one of the boxes. So that gives you this, you can see how much larger the outside of the box is to the interior space. There's the backside of that unfinished lid. It's got a scoop already taken out of it, and so they would have polished this to a mirror sheen like those other ones. <clears throat> Here's just one of the one of the tunnels. So again, people have said, well, you know, like when you're talking about how difficult it would be to move these boxes into these narrow tunnels, you're like, well, you put the box in before you cover it over. Well, no, they cut this directly out of the bedrock. <clears throat> so there is no covering it over after you put the boxes in. These tunnels were cut directly out of the bedrock of this area, and then you'd have to bring the boxes into the entrance and then drag them down these tunnels somehow. Like this. There's not a whole lot of room, <laughs> as you can see. <laughs> For a thousand guys with ropes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the standard model story of like, well, you can move these giant blocks as long as you've got a thousand dudes with ropes. Well, you can't get a thousand dudes with ropes into this tunnel around this box. And then they have to go around corners and then they have to bring them out over the alcoves, which are set down in the floor and then set the box down on the floor. Right. You can't even get the lid on the box in these tunnels. Yeah. That's why the lid's not on. Like the lid won't fit up there. I'm going to bring them in separate. We had Enigma Seeker on. I have to mention this. I, I don't want to derail this at all, but we had Enigma Absolutely. Seeker on. And he, he he figures that Atlantis is in Egypt, right? And he figures it's Memphis. There's, I think, an island in Memphis. Memphis is right across from Saqqara. It's like right next to the Serapium here. And I wonder if there's underground and it's funny. I've been sort of trying to think about this theory of like, maybe the Serapium was part of Atlantis or maybe it was Atlantis. And I mentioned it on our last trip in Utah there and uh, to Denise, who was there with, uh, you know, to, for David Matheson's myths of the stars. And she meant, I mentioned it to somebody on our hike. And then she mentioned it to me the first time I've ever heard anybody say Atlantis Serapium. Like minutes after I mentioned my theory to this guy, she she mentioned that uh, that she thinks the she had some intuition that Atlantis was a Serapium. Huh. Well, it's it it it's interesting when we've gone through some of the older accounts of people finding this place and exploring it and digging it out. There are indications that there are miles and miles and miles and miles of tunnel 
And obviously, when you go there now, you don't, you know, there's a couple of places where the, the, the tunnel's blocked by a, a metal gate and you can't continue. So there may be, I don't know. I mean, you know, some of the old explorers said that they came in here with six kilometers of rope and they ran out of rope before they could explore the full extent of the thing. Yeah. So Who knows? I don't, I'm not hey, saying how, that means yeah, it's Atlantis, but I'm just no, saying no, no, it, it yeah, is yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's a super speculative theory, but I mean. If it, if it does connect with underground Memphis or something and it did flood, it was part of the catastrophe in, in you know, 12,000 years ago or, or whatever. I mean, who knows? Yeah. So you to get past this box, you have to go onto the right side here and kind of squeeze past it. So this is after I've gone past it. Now, keep in mind, this box, I'm standing on a raised wooden floor. This is modern. And, uh, you know, you can notice that they've <laughs> the floor is built around the box because you can't move this freaking box <laughs> and i think that's probably like what darren was saying it's just it's a dust factor they're trying to keep the yeah there's too much dust there. down in there so you build a nice wooden floor that you can keep clean yeah yeah so the floor is raised up off the original this wooden walkway is raised up off the original floor uh and the box is still taller than i am walking past it <clears throat> There's Kyle up on top of it, looking down into breaking it. Breaking the law again. <laughs> yes, lots of lots of law breaking. It's not a law. <laughs> the Darren will be in the wins. box smoking DMT when we're there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get us kicked out of Egypt forever, Darren. Just say you don't know me. <laughs> I will hate you forever. No, we if you get us permanently is. kicked out of Egypt, I'm going to hate you forever, Darren. <laughs> So here's one more video. I, I know these don't go over well, but it's this is me walking up to this box in the hallway. This is just trying to give you kind of the scale of the thing. I have to I walk up to it and I have to look up at the edge. And then go around the side here and sort of squeeze <laughs> past it. <clears throat> Actually much smoother than the other videos. And then I turn around and we get to watch Kyle try to climb up on this thing. Here we go, folks. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, yeah, they're they're huge. And you can tell that this one is unfinished. It's sort of tilted. It's kind of, you know, it's not square. But they were obviously in the process of moving this to the place that it needed to be. And its lid is a, around back down the tunnel and around the corner. And they were going to move them in, put them in place, and then finish them in place, yeah. which is like, okay. Carve again, off all the rough edges, polish it up. Yeah. Square it up. Use the flattening machine, whatever yeah. it is. Yep. The and they didn't finish the job. Because the box is still in the hallway. Still. After thousands of years, maybe, you know, if we want to be speculative and wonder if this was antediluvian, then it's been sitting there for 10,000 years or more because no one can move it. We should try and move it. <laughs> yes. Let's do a trip try. to some, let's do a trip to some tunnels and just see how far some of these tunnels go somewhere. We got to, there's all these underground cities and tunnels. Well, we will. I think we are going to get beneath the step pyramid. There's lots and lots of tunnels down there. Yeah, there's I think six kilometers. Six kilometers. I mean, like break away, break away from like nobody knows where we're going. Like, (laughs) you want to get lost and die? 
That's what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in, Graham. Let's do it. We can glad. Look, you don't need rope anymore. You can buy a gigantic spool of fishing line. Yeah. You know, miles and miles. Oh, of fuck, it. the line broke. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just to do it so you can find your way back. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's still not good if it breaks. <laughs> <laughs> this gets caught up on the corners. You're just Ding. dragging the just, end. The end no. Like right behind you. You're going, <laughs> <laughs> turn around. Oh, dang. <laughs> That's what that tugging was about two hours ago. <laughs> so here, I am just I'm just want to show real quick the quality or lack thereof of the carvings on the side of that one box that this is what they... They say this carving is contemporary with the making of the boxes. And you can just kind of see, like, look, the lines aren't straight. <laughs> You know, it's just not very well done. I mean, and this is these boxes are made of of diorite, a very, very hard granite. So whoever was doing this just didn't have the tools to make fine work on this hard of a stone. They all they were doing really was chipping away at the polish. And you can see the glyphs. I mean, the again, the lines are crappy. They're not straight. They're not continuous. And the glyphs are just terrible. So obviously whoever was doing this was just having a really hard time with this very hard stone. But they could just take the whole box out of the earth, but you know. Right, yeah. They can't they can... even carve on the box properly. But... <laughs> right. Exactly. Some images of Kyle checking the flatness of the underside of the lid with a laser. It's not quite flat. There are discontinuities. But very again, slight, very slight discontinuities. But it is a mirror, uh, a mirror polish. You can see the reflection, you know, back here. All right, just some other places around the world, unfinished work that looks similar. This is in Peru. This is Oyante Tambo. This is the temple. They call it the Temple of the Sun. Again, you notice the vertical scraping or scooping on these blocks. The big. Uh, Nubs Nub -like or whatever thing. they are, lots of big scoops taken out of them. There's this interesting pattern here that a lot, of, a lot of speculation has gone into what this is all about. Uh, but it just look, look how similar this looks to the Osirian, although it's a little less square. Uh, and this is andesite, very hard stone. This stuff that that block used to sit on its side, and they were like, "Yeah, I went to this place, and they were like these three giant pyramids. It kind of looked like this." <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And it's weird how they've filled in the spaces between these stones with these long, slim spacers that have a nub at the bottom of each one. Now, I wonder if they Look go all the way through the wall or are they just like fixing the joints? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. But again, for flattening. Look at this vertical, these vertical tool marks. So again, we're in Peru here, folks. But yeah. Spacer's got a nub at the bottom, and it goes up and stops. Next one's got a nub, goes up. It's very interesting. Yeah, it looks like they were using the same tool. Yeah, for sure. Looks like the same tool. So that's Oyante Tambo. This is more of Oyante Tambo. So again, we're we're talking unfinished here. Someone was in the process of moving absolutely enormous megalithic blocks made out of very hard material with giant nubs on them, and they just. Never finish the job. The blocks are just laying around. You know, some of them in the process of being moved to the site. 
the nubs look like for Reagan. Reagan ropes on with a giant crane. I mean, they do look like that's what I'm saying. I believe they're construction based. Like notice how on this set of walls, these ones down here that are basically finished have no nubs. Yeah, I'm pretty firmly in the camp of the nubs were originally like a, a lifting tool or some maneuvering tool or used used to maneuver the stones. And then later they get, you know, wiped off with the butter knife thing. <laughs> Yes. When the job is done. And notice how, how, notice how, again, around this portal, and you'll also notice in a lot of these places that the, the, the windows or doors or portals or whatever they are have this interesting taper. Beautiful taper. I They've love They've got it. this taper that's, that's very, it's interesting. <clears throat> the other option is. And there's is nubs all around this portal that, and the blocks are much larger around it. Yeah. The other option is that these nubs are used as a tool, but they're also aesthetic. Yep. In some places, because that just looks cool, like around that doorway. Yeah. Ugh, I don't know. You don't like it? I mean, maybe it's for installing the door itself. I mean, I don't know. It could, know they could have had things hung on them when they were fully, you know, before they were heavily eroded. They could have actually included, they could have held things. I, I don't know. I, don't, I wonder I, if you see more nubs around the openings, you know. And it's hard to imagine that they were used for holding things or that they're heavily eroded when you look at how clean the corners are on some of those, um, you know, the doorways and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, they look cool to me. I'm just saying as a, you know, pretty easy way to lift a big rock with rigging. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. if there's two on the backside opposite of that and you just yeah. oh, throw four ropes on it. Now, in a lot of cases, there are they're offset. You know, they're not in the center of, of the mass of the block. So people argue, well, that, that's not in the center. There's no way you could lift with that. And my argument is that, well, maybe when the stone was originally came from the quarry, it was bigger and it had more. And they were, you know, the nubs uh, were basically centered. They were basically centered over across the center of mass. But in the process of being placed and cut and shaped. Yeah. They get cut. One nub gets cut off because you got to put a scaffold there or something else or yep. whatever. And. So I don't know that that's just kind of where I'm at, but there are some anomalous nubs that don't really match. And there are some nubs that are basically on the sides of mountains. Yes. And you can't pick They're, anything up there yeah. <laughs> or you're planning to cut the block out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but why would you just remove everything but a nub? Yeah. I don't know. And again, notice that's another thing to consider about these blocks nubs, lying all around up here. So this is another, you know, the, the walls are being finished, but they, this job is either, it either got destroyed or it wasn't completed. And you can see that this is this is Johnson work here. This is modern reconstruction. Yeah. Another thing about the nubs, real quick though, is that you have to, in order to leave a nub, you have to remove all of the rest of the mass around it away from yeah. the nub. Yeah. So that's a lot of work. You can't just make one. It's it's. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. It's an yeah. it's yeah, it's an yeah, incredible yeah. It's a, amount it's a of work. Relief in a way, really. Yeah, yes, it's a it's net, high yeah. relief. It's, meaning yes. you remove everything else, everything else and leave those. Yeah. So it's, it's a, a lot, lot of work, work to do that. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Was there any? Uh, is there any megalithic place that's finished? I mean, they all seem unfinished. Everything seems unfinished. They may have been finished at some point, but they've been. Like, you know, torn up, uh, quarried. I think a lot of these places are just way older yeah. than we've been told. Yeah. Yeah. Way older. Old as a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another. Ben sent me these images. Um, again, we're looking at 
this is this is just an outcrop of bedrock. So it's like not even clear what this was supposed to be. Like, is this even was this even part of a construction or was it a quarry? But again, you've got these long regular scoops taken out, sort of blocks, scoops cut out. And then there's a set of them over here. Somebody's like, let me borrow that tool for a couple of days. I found some bedrock. Yeah. Just, you know, what are they doing here? I would like to see the rest of the ground excavated to reveal more of it. Yeah. But there's stuff like this lying all over the place in Peru. Just craziness. Like somebody was just playing with the tool that the butter knife thing. Yeah. You, this isn't really lying there. That's part of the yes, ground. It's part of the ground. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is another unfinished construction. And you can see what, what, like just the beautifulness of this work. This is also in Peru. This is the, um, this is Silistani. So this is part of the area where they've got those beautiful towers. They're round towers. Uh, the Chulpa, the Chulpa towers, towers, <clears throat> and this looks like the pillowiness is actually on the top of this. Yeah, they haven't laid the next. They course hadn't. Yet. They hadn't gotten the next course here yet, and they would have been flattening all this to fit the next blocks in. And again, you can see how all of these just kind of go around weird corners, sit in different areas. I mean, it's just amazing this work out of this very irregular kind of stone. These are a couple of pictures of Ben was you know, driving, and here's just you know another unfinished this block laying at the side of the mountain. It was pro- it probably was taken from a quarry way over here, brought across the bottom of the valley, and it was intended to go up this mountain, but it's just sitting here at the bottom of the valley. It never got taken all the way up, and the road goes around it. It's clearly a block there. Now we're at Easter Island, unfinished Moai in the mountain, being in the process of being cut out. Wow. And never finished like the obelisk. Also and what's, what's really interesting the is they had ones. already been making it into a statue. Right? It's yeah, already yeah, got exactly. the face it's on all it. part. It's all part of the, yeah, the excavation. They start making it already. They probably don't finish it, maybe, but they have it close, right? I yeah. Mean, that's crazy. Look at him. Yeah, he's wow. huge. Wow. That's awesome. Look at to the left. They just cut them out of that. Like they just cut them out of the angle of the mountain there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's and it's tilted again. Like it's tilted up, right? Like the like that obelisk. Here's some more. This one's really clear. Like you see the scooping. There's kind of indications that maybe that same kind of tool was being used here. And again, it's already got the face. And here's another one. Already has the face on it. Look at the notch taken out above the nose there. Yeah. Like the tool needed that width. Like the tool needed this this working space to go over the nose. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. (laughs) It looks like that's the... Oh, I wonder if that's very... It looks like there's a couple feet there. So there's... It's... That's really interesting. I mean, it, it reminds me of the spacing by the obelisk too, right? There's that minimum distance that they need yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. The, the trenches around the obelisk are yeah. all very regular. Yeah. That's interesting. Wow. Ballbeck, more unfinished. Giant blocks in the quarry. These are probably much bigger. This is a this is the famous one, the stone of the pregnant woman or whatever. Now they've dug out around it and found that there's two more giant ones beneath it. It was sitting on top of them. So, so these they're, just, are, they're taking they're cutting them out of the quarry and stacking them up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like yeah, we'll 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 use these later. Yeah. <laughs> and these are the these are 
the largest known cut blocks in the world. You know, this one's estimated to be 12 to 1600 tons. These are 16 to 1800 tons, probably 2000. Yes, I always think they estimate these low. They need to. Yeah. Yeah. Probably 2000. Well, you know, you got to get there's there's some standards. We can figure it out. Yeah. That kind of gives you scale. Just look at those things. Jeez. It's unbelievably enormous. Like who I mean, the was Mo- like the Moais look pretty big, pretty close to that size though. No, no, nope. The Moai, the finished Moai, the, even the biggest ones are what are they like eighty, maybe a hundred like, tons. This thing is um twenty times that. Yeah, unbelievable. I just like who decided that they could move this? Like maybe they couldn't. Well, maybe they could. Yeah, they stacked, <laughs> they stacked it, on- <laughs> it on top of those other blocks. <laughs> they already moved it at least once. <laughs> right, right, right. That wasn't the one that was. Yeah, that's the one that's out already. Um, <laughs> yeah, eighty-two tons is the tallest moai erected. Uh, but yeah, one of those moai in the quarry. You're right, Graham. One of those moai in the quarry. The heaviest is, one is eighty-six tons. Eighty-six tons. The, the moai. One of those moai in the quarry would have been the biggest moai ever if it had been fully excavated. Just like the obelisk. Just like these blocks. Just like a lot of the stuff I'm showing you. There's places in the quarry where it's just like the largest one of these things ever, like obelisk or moai or you know uh, trilophon block. And we're gonna look at some stuff in China here at the end. But again, you can just see this one was in the process of being transported and it's just dropped in the mountains. Jesus. And somebody came along and started using it. They started cutting blocks out of it. With what kind so, of tools? I don't know. Probably they, this is probably recent. Romans probably did that. But the point you were making about the obelisk, right? It's like they're not just going to say, oh, it's got a crack. Let's just let's move on. It. Let's just go to this <laughs> other part of the quarry and find good rock. They would have gone, you can see at the end of the block there where they were cutting nice square blocks out of the end. They could have done that with the... Well, yeah, I mean, we don't know the spiritual or or, or the um, uh, ritualistic significance of that. I mean, they might have already designated that spiritually as an obelisk and it can't be used as something. Yeah, but, well, yeah, but, but maybe later one people, culture. Later one people culture. that don't oh, yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. The, peop- the same people who stole all the granite off the pyramid, right? You know, like they don't care because they didn't build it. They just well, want a millstone. People, those people right, for them, that would already be three quarters, <laughs> three quarters of the way done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So this is in China. This is the Yangshan Quarry in China. These would be the largest blocks ever excavated. Those are the largest but, nubs, that's for sure. Yeah, but they're not they're not completely detached from the the living stone. So they're not considered the largest blocks ever because they're still attached to the mountain. But the standard story on this is that nearby in this, some village, there's a monument, and the monument's in three parts. And the three parts of the monument it has the same basic shapes as the three things here in this quarry. But the monument's, like, very small. And so the story is, is that these guys were told, like, making me an, you know, some emperor's like, I want an enormous monument. Go cut me an enormous monument out of the quarry. And they start cutting these things, and then eventually they figure out, after doing all this work, that it's way too big to move, so they make a smaller one that's like 20 feet tall. But look that's, at these things. That just seems like not, we're not giving them enough credit. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
You think they're going to start think, all that and then realize it's just big? I mean, come on. I think the monument in the city is a is a testament to these shapes that they found in this quarry that they consider to be probably from built the, by the gods. Built by the gods. Look at this thing. There's the, that gives you scale of how big that freaking block is. It's ridiculous. Nobody thought they were going to move that. Look, it's still attached, but they've they've carved this. These go all the way through this thing. And yes, there's nubs on it, right? But it's still attached to the mountain. But it has this really interesting shape. And then this one, too, this goes all the way through. And there's these strange plinths or platforms underneath here. Or pillars. or. But see how this goes all the way through this block. You can see through to the other side. And how do they say they dug those out? Just with I don't, I don't, I don't know. This is, or, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't. I have no idea. It's China. It's hard to get information about it. All I could find was the standard story that, like the you know, the quarrymen went out here and they were going to make the biggest monument ever for the emperor, and they got all the way and they were like, "We can't move these. Let's make a much smaller one and tell them and call it good." But yeah, it's just it's gigantic. And there, there, this is looking through. So you can, these are those same pillar things. It's just, what are these? What is this for? Oh, so I thought they were still attached to the bottom. So they're not even attached to the bottom. No, they are. No, they're not attached to the bottom of the. Oh, oh, this. No, yeah. yeah. No, they're, they're, yes. I don't know what they're for, but yeah, this, they cut this big rectangle out of this block, but left these things here. But the block is also completely detached from the wall behind it. That's massive. Yeah. So again, is this an unfinished project? Incredibly ancient. Just like these these things we see from all over the world. There's just blocks left in quarries. They've been sitting there forever. Statues left in quarries. Similar marks, scoops. Maybe all in the same fucking cataclysm, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it just seems like a possibility for sure. All in the same cataclysm work was being done all over the world on these enormous projects that look like similar technology, similar technologies, gigantic stones, heterogeneous style of, of stonework, dry laid, very like resistant to cataclysmic events. And work was stopped all over the world and at the same time. Somebody's like, they're getting a little too big for their britches. They're getting <laughs> all of them. They're, they're all getting to these bigger, biggest sizes ever. Tongue. And then just cataclysm. Confuse right. their tongue and scatter them throughout the earth. That's wow, right. that was great. Thanks, boys. Yeah, you guys do a fantastic job putting that together. I really think you're you're kind of onto something there. Just to see it all together in one presentation really shows how I think how important it is. And how obvious it is. I mean, it's really quite obvious. It's mind blowing. It does. It, it, it seems it, it makes you want to think that it's all from a similar event, right? That similar people with similar building styles all over the world were working on these projects at the same time because they seem to know something was about to happen. And it happened while they were building, working on the projects that they were working on because it was going to happen. And they weren't able to finish them, but they still survive in part to this day because they were building for that event, but they couldn't finish the job. Yeah. They got close, though. Most of the boxes in this, most of the boxes in the Serapium are in place. Most of the Assyrian was completed. Probably should have kept (laughs) them boxes closed, but, you know, just saying. (laughs) 
Just saying. Well, thanks, boys. That was a fantastic presentation. Where can the guys track you down? Where can our listeners track you down? Uh, well, all the podcast-related stuff is at brothersoftheserpent.com, and we can found, be found uh, by searching that anywhere podcasts can be found. Mm-hmm.